Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash radio, and you can get access to over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Dick is a thing now. I've heard uh, it's uh I've heard it's three point seven inches soft. No, it's three point five inches flaccid. But like Well, I mean I some kinda... girls like it that thick. Circumference? It's not circumference. Okay, that's fine. Hi, we're talking about Luigi's penis. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you something about uh, Luigi's yeah, penis. It, it happens. Let let me learn to you a bit about one Italian man's member. Um, so members only podcast. Jesus. Um, if we're if we're ever gonna do a premium service, that's gonna be the reason. Just <laughs> members to, to only talk about yeah Nintendo genitalia. Well, no, I kind of okay. Nintendalia. Hi. So Hi. it's just okay. it's just weird that um people kind of like had this like Ken doll approach. Like it was always this like unspoken thing, right? Like. Like the Mario Brothers, fuck right, or they do something. They, I mean, I, I they think, don't really I, I, exactly. I think it's, I think it's like Avatar, where their mustaches tied together, and that's how they, you know, have <laughs> have a physical connection. Like they just like twist their their mustaches together. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why Waluigi is such a perv. Like, I mean, obviously. it's so long <laughs> yeah. too, right? Like, yeah, obviously. It's it's an indication of something, I'm sure. Uh, um, but I kind of. <sighs> I I feel as though like the that the like the writing's always been on the wall, right? Like I don't I don't know, man. Like fucking for, okay. So, about... so 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 for context, why is Luigi's genitalia in the mainstream spotlight now? Why now Be- all of a sudden? I mean, because... first it was Mario's nipples, and now oh my god, well, you're right. It was. This is just like just yeah. bearing all now, aren't they? Um, because <laughs> uh. Nintendo recently did a press release of Mario Tennis Aces and fucking Tumblr got to it before anyone else could. And before we know <laughs> it, damn, damn Tumblr. Um, yeah, or Reddit or anyone else. Yeah. Before anyone else, like, because Tumblr dissects, like, like while Twitter is there to kind of dissect the reasons why we hate things, um, Tumblr's there to dissect the reasons why we feel things and why we fuck things. And like, that is, like, they are they are doing the scientific uh yeah they're doing the lord's research. work there yeah yeah i mean yeah, someone's exactly. got to do it i guess mm-hmm. yeah i guess but like <laughs> just the pseudoscience that went into it like uh kotaku uh did a excellent piece on it written um an exposé if you will yeah <laughs> exposed just, i <laughs> a true voyeur piece yeah yeah um but i kind of want to like i, I kind of feel like the the writing was sort of there on the wall like earlier before anything else because the Super Mario Super Show, I mean, 
we had Captain Lou Albano, which we knew, like, that was a man of, of a fucking worthy girth, right? Like, yeah, which, okay, yeah. kind of begs the question. We thought he was Ron Jeremy for the longest time, so obviously with that confusion in place. It, I didn't even yeah. put two and two together. I mean, yeah. Ron, like, man, Super por- or Super, super Horneo Brothers. Brothers, yeah. Dude. Like uh, digital playground, we have we have some information for you if you're willing to listen. Ah, uh, dude, by all here, means, here, here's our pitch. <laughs> <laughs> There's some money in the porn game, I'm sure. That's what they say. Uh, That's why Blu-ray well, won. I okay, so I mean, in the video games, Luigi's taller, so he jumps higher. So if we were to extrapolate that. Would that necessarily mean that maybe, like, it it like what if we were to use the reverse algebra to like determine the length of Mario's dick? Because we know Mario's say, got one. If Mario's got nipples, yeah, I would say I'm kind of with Sarah. I think his Mario's would be more of uh, not so much a length, but a, a girth, a circumference to it. Like a like he's kind of rocking like a, a tree trunk down there. I think. I could just see Do the you equation. Think it's like, an actual mushroom. The <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, yeah, quite possibly. Like it, the the real question is: Is it a super mushroom? I mean, I I think he's the one that gave birth to the entire mushroom kingdom. I think he is fathered. So it's a one up shroom. Entire kingdom. Yeah, it is. Yeah, life yeah, after life. Uh, you know, it it's green and it's yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> nice, poor guy. Oh, okay, man. but my question is, like, oh, dude, you know what? I mean, define, I it's like, the, the, the equation is like, define X, where uh, X equals pound town, and like, Z and Y is like, circumference multiplied by length. Oh, and there's like an exponential in there somewhere that has to do with mushrooms. Do you yeah, think they're circumcised, like, or or is it just like a fucking, like, a beaverish anteater? I mean, in the grand... It's like a rat <laughs> coiled around. Like, the, it, it looks like fucking Ka from the Jungle Book. That is gross, just, but I, does it make a difference in the end? Um, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I feel like it's... It's kind of like the card game where you're trying to match the cards. You don't know what's going to happen next. It's kind of like that with an uncircumcised <laughs> Mario penis. You're, you're you're peeling it back. You're like, all right, what am I going to get here? Oh, Gross. it's green. Bullshit. Yeah. One up. So, yeah, so you, you got to be yep. careful Okay, with that but, sure. like, this opens up a door to whole new possibilities. Like, okay, if the Mario brothers have dicks, then, like, okay, do Wario and Luigi have dicks? Because there's, like, some giant weird... Yeah, they're they're just like bizarro ass, like fucking wizard curse versions of them, right? Well, I mean, I would so, say you know, I, 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 if Mario and Luigi have dicks, then while Luigi and Wario have like hentai, like like fucking like tentacles, <laughs> tentacles, yes, like yeah, a, a, yeah, a sure. tentacle like, cluster, gross. Yeah, sexual orientation. I will write hentai. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Uh, d- uh, fucking while Luigi and Wario are sexual astronauts. You can't fucking keep them on this earth, on, on this earthly plane. They are going to travel the stars of sexual voyages and, I, and just fuck everything. But, like, dude, I I don't know, man. It kind of, like, cause it, it opens up so many other, like, just the mythos of, like, the, the Mushroom Kingdom and, like, by extension, like, everything else around it. Like, So, wait, so there's a baby Mario. Is there a baby Luigi? Yeah. Yes. There's a there baby is. Luigi. Okay. There's a then, baby Peach. And then like, there's a baby to, Daisy. Like, 
Yeah, and you have to ask yourself, is this a time paradox, or or is this, like, fucking, like... I think they're offspring, it, it, for sure. Yeah. Or, well, I, or I mean, just... if if the late Stephen Hawking is to be believed, yes. Multiple universes, multiple possibilities, right? I would like to say so that, that means there's a, a universe world, out there. Think, yeah. There's a universe out there where Luigi doesn't have a dick. There's a universe out there where add, we add, don't add, have add, dicks. And it, it's true. It's Super Mario Brothers 2. <laughs> 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 that, that, that's the alternate universe. Doki Doki Panic indeed. I'd be yeah. panicking, that's for sure. Fucking, fucking Birdo is the only one that fucks. Like, that's it. Yeah. It wasn't until today that, or, or this week that we've like come to the realization of which universe we live in. And by, by that effort, I think we've made some real progress towards like understanding the true meaning behind why and what we're doing here. It was bound to happen. Yeah, the the purpose Gu- of life as we know it. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I went to John's Incredible Pizza with my girlfriend yesterday. It was the saddest shit. Was it uh, incredible they... though? No. It okay, mm. John's Incredible Pizza used to be like this really dope like almost fucking new wave like take on like the uh the Chuck E. Cheese uh paradigm except like okay what if we only had one dude he's a bear he's a hip happen hopping and bear okay and like he just hangs out with a bunch of kids that's his posse doesn't fucking invite anybody else from the forest and mm. his motto is all you can eat pizza he's just like I will not stuff overpriced plastic into pizza dough like <clears throat> some other would be competitors. No, I'm gonna put the weirdest shit on there. I'm gonna have peanut butter pizza here. I'm gonna okay. fucking have like uh anchovy squid pizza here, which is an okay, actual I thing. I don't like that so much. <laughs> peanut butter, <laughs> um, peanut there butter was, was a good start. Yeah, no, there's a bunch of shit. And then I'm gonna go ahead and put uh some fucking probably some of the most dangerous fair rides that you could have ever seen, like the kind of fair rides that you would see like at a county fair where at least there's three um unforeseen pregnancies that come out of the event. Uh like those kind of like county fair events. Okay. We're gonna put that inside in a building and then we're gonna just throw a shitload of arcade cabinets and kind of have like our own little uh shittier internal economy of prizes and tickets. Like it's gonna seem cooler but in actuality, it's not that that was the the John's Incredible Pizza that I came to grow and love. And like it is. Man, it is some of the saddest shit like, I've I mean, ever seen. You, you say no in love. Like what kind of love? It sounds like stock, Stockholm Syndrome to me. A little. <laughs> Dude. I, Just a bit. I, I I But I heard like Chuck E. Cheese is kind of doing this, too. They were like, OK, so it was really weird because like. We had to like go through this maze like line, so they put reinforced fencing, so you can't just walk in anymore. Now it's fencing kind of like a theme park. Yep. Um, It's kind of like a concentration camp. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, A little. Yeah. The one that only like goes on for as long as a Sunday afternoon. Calm down there, Jethro. Um, Damn. No, no, it's taking a shower here, okay? (laughs) Yeah. Jesus. But, um,. Like, they're supposed to, like, they enforce, like, this quote-unquote security, but we actually, like, we were kind of, like, hanging back and forth of whether or not we even wanted to go, and, like, I don't know, there was a lot of, there's way more uh, video propaganda on the monitors everywhere than I remember of just, like, John hanging out with his kids a little too much, 
Um, like there was like, yeah, there was like pizza instructional videos and whatnot. And just like, no one, no one gives a shit. That's so not how, whatever you've got going on back there when like the fucking disgruntled teenager brings out the next like pan of pizza, that is not what's happening behind the scenes. I'm smarter than you, John. Um, but anyway, I, dude, we were able to just slink through because we didn't know what's going on. I'm like, I don't know if I want to spend $20, by the way, for an admission just to get in. $20 to get in. Dude, they had a, like, a glorified, giant, stupid version of Connect 4, which was just a bunch of fucking beacons and lights. Um, that was. Wait, hold on here. Is it $20 per person? Or, like, $20, like, for two people? No, no, like, $20 per person. Mm. And that, I mean, $20 can buy an awesome pizza. It does not include pizza. Pizza is an additional $8.95. But that's the whole point of going, isn't it? Yeah, dude, no. The the saddest shit. I think I may have yeah. saw like that Pirates Light Gun game that I forgot from Namco. Maybe Time Crisis. See, uh, yeah, that... Lisa has that kind of stuff. Like I've been to a Chuck E. Cheese kind of recently, and they do the same stuff. You have to wear like wristbands now that they scan in, so that way no one scans like like goes off with your kid. Like you well, have no, to scan no. So I was going to say that. So, they, so okay, they don't leave with so they do else. those infrared stamps so that like you can't wash off. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. We narrowly escaped that, which was weird. <laughs> the mark of the beast. <laughs> you, you, you got, you got around it, but like, nice. yeah, this one, which, like the Chuck E. Cheese I went to, had like the Guitar Hero arcade game. And yeah, that was same. it. Because everything That's else when... was like redemption ticket stuff, like galloping horses, and here's this rowboat, and here this one takes your picture, and it puts on an ID card that says sassy. Okay. Like, uh, I'll, I'll do that. Cool. That's Why a not? sign of a dying arcade. Yeah. When, like, the Guitar Hero arcade is there. I know. And then, like, <laughs> it had, like, a salad bar. I was like, come on, Chuck E. Cheese. You know damn well no one gives a shit about the salad bar. I would have no, to say, the salad. No one's going to eat your shitty peaches in good. here, man. Your peaches. Your peaches <laughs> and your fucking cottage cheese. Get that shit out of here. Oh, dude. I just had papaya this pizza. morning, and I, for the first time in my life, I had papaya that went bad, and I can, I shit you not. It was like eating fucking organic Novocaine, but like in want, the worst, most bitter yeah. way. Do you want to see something really fucking funny? I'm at the Twitch stream this one of these days. Try to fucking watch me cut a mango. Holy shit. It, I just end up chewing it and then just like throwing out the rest because I didn't know how to cut it. <laughs> I started just going, Ow. like I was eating a fucking banana in Sea of Thieves. Like, I didn't know what to do. I had no idea how to cut it. I was like, all right, well. I guess I'm not having this fruit anymore. <laughs> never terrible. again. Nah, never again. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of things that are outdated and have uh, more than outlasted their welcome, unfortunately, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can really say that in this case, but such is the such as the is the untimely life of uh, the digital distribution model that we are still weirdly struggling with. Uh, this week's episode, we're going to go ahead and talk about um, a fixture that is uh, on its way out within the year and uh, will no longer be available to access as of January 29th of 2019. Uh, and while it may be a little too early to um, sing the fucking, like, the minstrels of death and what have you, um, we will not be able to purchase or really do much of anything there, um, say, for the 26th of March, and that would be the Wii Shop channel. It's actually going to hang out like some weird open casket up until, like, uh, January. And uh, we want to take this opportunity to kind of really talk about, like, what the Wii Shop channel uh, really did for the uh, generation... Well, the, not necessarily the current, but well, I mean, what we have to thank 
uh, the Wii Shop Channel for within this generation of game as far as digital distribution and, and what sort of uh, opportunities it introduced and and why the fuck are we we still don't have a virtual console proper <laughs> on the Switch and, yeah, and all that other shit. Waiting for, waiting for this to die and then the Switch will get their their version, I bet. Yeah, I... Yeah. Oh, but I mean, we'll go into that because, like, there's still the Wii U, and and there's so much there. There's so many other layers to this onion that's just weird. So anyway, this is a uh, press pause radio episode 108. So obviously you're going to put Wii Shop Channel music in throughout the entire episode, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, yeah. cool. All right. So and I, I know if I had to be said or not, but I just wanted to make sure. No, and <laughs> I, okay, if we can just take a moment, like, if there's one thing you're going to ask me, if you were to focus test me, a Switch owner, and one of the biggest complaints that I have, I fucking hate, detest the deathly silence of the eShop. I, I just can't stand how, like, eerily quiet and like lifeless that it is to fucking navigate that that storefront and like nothing upbeat nothing thematic to the holidays or current events fucking nothing it it's like a stagnant fucking vending machine i hate it nintendo please like like give me give me something to get excited about with the eShop. am i the only one i fucking love the eShop music like oh absolutely like it, it's uh it's on par i think it's actually the best of what that is i guess the ds kind of you know has its own thing when you like download stuff through 3ds but no like the Wii shop channel music is just n- nothing quite like it. it it's iconic it it it's best part of that too. system i feel like because if you if you look at everything else um i, I, I does psn have music if it does it's pretty forgettable not the psn store itself no, yeah. no not that not that i can recall no, but I don't like, think any yeah, storefronts do really. I mean, yeah, exactly. Ma- 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 like I said, maybe Wii U and 3DS, but other than that, there's no other like, yeah, no, no, uh, sound or music of anything. It's just devoid of any kind of sound. It's it's just it's commerce, hundred percent commerce. Yeah, it just it bums me out. Like mm-hmm. all I, I know is that they they someone out there remixed the Wii Shop music uh, into like some sort of rap. And the rap was overlaid on an auctioneer. <laughs> so, like, it. the auctioneer was, like, perfectly timed with the beat. It was insanely good. Yeah, where are these fucking SoundCloud mumble rappers? Get your shit together. Like, I, like get... Yeah, I just want them to remix yeah. the Wii Shop channel with the uh, the Vine where the kid says, Era do cyclo... Cyc- Wait, what is it? <laughs> e- e- era do cy... It's a hard word. He's doing a spelling bee. If they can get him on that and just do that with the Wii Shop music, I'll I'll buy that track. I'll buy it on iTunes. No, dude, the Sarah business. just turned me on to this yeah. uh, fucking SoundCloud artist who like did a mashup of like the Pokemon battle theme with like Eleanor Rigby, that fucking Beatles song, and it's so dope. <laughs> where where uh, is this dude? You, you ever seen like Two Mellow stuff? No, Two Two Mellow. I think that's his name. Uh, he mixes like 
RPG soundtracks with rappers. Like he did one for like Wu Tang, and I think <laughs> no, no, he did, he did, he did Wu Tang, and I think Final Fantasy, and he also did Jay Z and Chrono Trigger, and it's called Chrono Jigga. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> it, 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 nice. It's so it, it's so damn good. Yeah. It's, All right, uh, it's we'll definitely put into. those in the show notes. You guys got to get fucking get mad hops on these beats. Um, but uh. I don't know, man. I kind of want, I kind of want Nintendo to get on that ship, but there's there's also the bigger question of like virtual console and all that. Uh, but we'll get into that. Figure we go ahead and introduce newest episode. As we had mentioned in previous episodes, we're gonna go ahead and make it a point to uh, definitely get uh, some more content out there the way we used to, and uh, that that includes more Twitch streams, more videos, and of course more podcasts uh, to supplement and not be so much editorial anymore. Um, so my very thirsty host to the right, uh, we have here, we've got, what is it? What are you drinking? What are you uh, drinking there, buddy? This is a peanut butter milk stout from the Belching Beaver Brewery, which is, uh, close to where George resides. This is brewed and bottled, uh, in Oceanside, California. Yeah. That shit looks thick. Yeah. Like, it's going to be thick. like, like, like you have coffee to get you through it. I have this. This this is my coffee for the evening. So fucking Sarah, dude, Sarah does not look amused. That's our. That sounds that's gross. Uh, okay, this, well, yeah, it's a stout. Oh with, man, let's see, peanut butter stout. Eh, no, peanut butter and milk stout. Yeah, I. Uh. Where are you gonna get that protein? Where are you gonna get protein, Sarah? You tell me. Where are you gonna get protein? Oh, I don't. I I eat beef. <laughs> that's oh, a good way go. okay so sarah's eating like ants on a log he's got celery sticks and peanut butter and raisins just sitting by the wayside yeah maybe, maybe. <laughs> i could i could do that yep so this is toast beer snob connoisseur yeah one day like i don't know man we we've kind of like gone in and out of um uh just discussing like uh our, our random drinking habits but like me i i like just fucking dark hoppy amber shit and like i think the that 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 trend that that um that taste has kind of really picked up some steam uh here locally so like like i mentioned in the last episode there's a lot of breweries that are like trying to get the hoppiest the like if the fucking beer were to be any hoppier it would probably curd like yeah it's just like thick frothy nonsense i i i could tell you about some sour beers then if you're into that or basically it's like living bacteria it is is. it's like they basically take fruit juices and just let them sit in like one of those uh water like you know like the uh like a culligan water thing you know you put it down like the the water cooler they put Mm -hmm. it in those jugs and they just let it sit for like six months and that's how they ferment it and it's it's layered such that it'd be like an anthropological dig Pretty much, man. Like you see, yeah, you see, like the levels of like, okay, this is where it started, and here's where it's digressing. Here's but where the can, dinosaurs died. You you can totes drink it, man. It's 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 a thing. You guys so. are describing <laughs> fucking fossil fuel. That's what you're describing. <laughs> it kind it kind of tastes like it. Like it there's there's like a difference up, at this point. No, not really. <sighs> I'm being a healthy boy. I'm just drinking nothing but black coffee and dihydrogen water. monoxide. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I'm sorry. I like my coffee black. Like, <laughs> if my coffee isn't blacker than Wesley Snipes, it doesn't, bl- doesn't belong <laughs> in in my system. So, like, I uh, need that shit dark. Well played. Yeah. 
that's a very, very good description. I, I do enjoy that quite a bit. Nice. Yeah. So uh, let it be known. And, but anyway. And Sarah, what are you drinking this evening? Uh, <laughs> what, what, what was the soft drink of last week? I can't oh, recall. It was Fucking <laughs> Super 8. Big yeah, 8. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Big 8. I do have another bottle of that waiting in the wings, but as of right now, I'm not drinking anything. I'm a little jealous of you guys, actually. Uh, I can't drink alcohol anymore. Can't be done. Um, oh, there's nothing alcoholic here. Oh, yeah, well. Just a medium I, roast. I, I, you still I, have I, the I, option. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I still feel like you and I need to share a UFO at some point. Oh, at some it, point, it, maybe. It, it doesn't happen too often now. It, it may kill me, but we'll see what happens. Well, I don't want to go that route. Maybe I'll just drink it. You can watch me and just give me encouragement. <laughs> vicariously. <laughs> yes, yes. Off to the side. Just like Absolutely. stare at you longingly with stars in my eyes. I, hey, Sarah. It, it, it's me I mean, too, that's buddy. how sponsors do it, right? Like the sponsors will typically drink for like who they're sponsoring and then they can like that's how they wean them off. Yeah. I don't mm. know. I took that a dark direction. Um, A little. So yeah. someone's got to get uh, a kick somehow, you know? Mm. On tap for this week's podcast. Uh, <laughs> on tap, I see what news. you did there. I like that. that was good. Very nice. We've got some news. Uh, just some like cool little neat uh, tidbits of some upcoming games that we're excited to kind of talk about some leaks and whatnot. Uh, and then we're going to go ahead and dive into what's in your console, um, where it might be a little sparse, but that's fine. There's some heavy hitters that we played, and aside from that, there's some... Um, I don't know. It it the week is still young, and also GDC is officially started today, so it's going to be a uh, week rife with news that we'll probably have to follow up on uh, as we go. Uh, but then aside from that, we are then going to go and jump into the feature topic and kind of just talk about the state of the We Shop channel for the next, mm, I would say, seven days. Yeah, the next seven days, because the on the twenty sixth, you will no longer be able to purchase Wii points and. Uh, I don't think there's any retailer out there, uh, Play Asia or anyone. Uh, I don't even know if they, if Nintendo has a mechanism that will still honor those uh, physical store vouchers that contain points that will allow you to go ahead and uh, download games uh, or purchase stuff, content uh, off of the Wii Shop channel. Uh, so we're gonna go ahead and kind of wrap all that up and uh, share our thoughts and. And that's the episode in a nutshell. So let's go ahead and get the news going. time <laughs> breaking news breaking we've got a stormy wind front of soul Calibur six announcements including a new character reveal wow you sound like you're from rapture <laughs> it, it's the circus of values <laughs> um nice damn real talk though yeah. um i think bioshock infinite has aged poorly still 
Just a, just a friendly reminder. Right. I mean, yeah. it's still... We, we. I just had this discussion not even yesterday about Bioshock because a friend of mine wants to... Um, I don't know if I should really spoil this because it's probably like not anything that's like in fruition yet. But like he he had just started playing the Bioshock games, and we had been talking about the board game, Bioshock Infinite, the board game, mm-hmm. and he had not played the game. And I was like, it's. I I want to say I like Infinite, but you can't compare it to the first Bioshock, and even two I think is aged better than Infinite. And not a lot of people gave two the time of day, but I think two had a lot going for it. Um, and I think if you went back and played all three, I think you get the most out of two now in, in retrospect. Yeah, um, absolutely agreed. But it, it was kind of funny because the board game is just so like overcomplicated. And I felt like Infinite was the exact same way. Like it just overcomplicated so much. Um, and it didn't have to, you know, but I think there was so much going on with, like the Vox Populi. And I was factions. about to say, it, I it, think I think the best thing that's aged about the game is its narrative as far as the not from a, po- from a political standpoint. You're probably, yes. you're probably absolutely all right. All the commentary. It, it, it might've been maybe a little bit more uh, foreshadowing uh, than anything else. <laughs> oh God. A little bit. Um, yeah. It, and it, it kind of begs the question of how well Far Cry 5 is going to do it. And so far it's kind of gross. And I think Bar- I, I, I feel like not knowing much about Far Cry 5, I think they're going to probably take the easy way out. They they already have just okay. from what I've seen and, with and, like preview and I think coverage. And I think that's a selling point just for a selling point's sake that they want to like create this like wave of controversy that's not even there just to sell the product. But that game in itself, I think, will be a good game. But I think if you have you have to detach it from what it's trying to do from a storyline aspect and just kind of keep it as a game, then I think it'll actually do pretty well. I mean, but that's the thing. I feel like a lot of the charm that the game is trying to derive is uh, it, it it it's trying to, uh, I, I would say, profit off of, like, some of these sentiments. Like, I, there's, there's some, like, okay, I'm, I'm not a, a snobby, like, humorless sack of shit, but at the same notion, I don't think it's necessarily appropriate to... Uh, sort of capitalize on, you know, putting out uh, like a satirical line uh, about the acknowledgement of nine non-binary gender identities and, and kind of just throwing it out there for the sake of doing so because you are, are trying to uh, propagate that someone is in fact aware and, and whatnot. But you're doing so, like you're doing so in a really punchy manner. Like you're uh. not doing so genuinely. And that's uh, that's what Far Cry 5's like that I've seen myself personally in, in, in the personal previews that I've given myself and my impressions that everything about it is so punchy and, and nothing is poignant. Like it, it, it kind of just, just, like, just, just like the shock value maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if we, if you think about it though, that's always been like Far Cry's modus operandi, but like, I, I, feel I, like I, it, I agree, but I feel like at least it came from a place of, Let's let's give you something you weren't expecting, especially from a villain standpoint. Like they made their villains very uh more they weren't one dimensional. They weren't like a cookie cutter villain. They're they're and, way and less appreci- cartoony. And I appreciated that. I think their villains had elements to them that made them, you know, you kind of like like how Mass Effect's villains are. Like you kind of are seeing things from a different perspective. You kinda of understand what they're it, sometimes. Depends, I guess, on how you look at it. Although the villain in three was just fucking insane like i i absolutely love the villain from three which i can't remember the fucker's name to save my life i forget oh man it was like va but yeah yeah i did you're right or yeah vice 
it, yeah, it, it was it was something. It was like VA something. Um, yeah, that's unfortunate. But I would say a game I'm looking forward to this year because we know it is coming out is Soul Calibur Six. I'm yeah, fucking pumped for that game. I am pumped for that game, and I've not been a huge Soul Calibur <clears throat> fan. Like I obviously love two. I think we all have probably enjoyed two, and I've not liked a whole lot of them after the fact. I was kind of into four for a bit. Uh, I bounced off five pretty hard. Um, but yeah, I'm stoked about six. I, the first say, two, I, the yeah, first, okay, two first were, two were were big for us, definitely. So so more like a soul with soul edge. No, no, it... uh, like Soul Calibur on the Dreamcast, and then Soul okay. Calibur two for the GameCube. Those are the ones that we played a lot. Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, I... and, and of course, guest characters being a thing in two, which was a big selling point. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't. I get why Soul Calibur three doesn't get a lot of love, but mm-hmm. like, I really, really like three. I think that there hasn't been that deep of a character customization system, even like in the preceding, like the the games that's. That went on after the fact that succeeded it. I huh. nothing really came close to like having the kind of freedom, like weirdly like robust, elegant freedom that like that system gave you. Like I, uh, you can create and like they're bringing that back in six. Yeah, I just think because three was like a system exclusive because I think it was only a PS2 only release, PlayStation. So yeah. I think that limited. I, I think it did limit the outreach that game could have potentially had. Um, but yeah, they're kind of going back again to the guest system. Like, okay, mm. four had Yoda and Darth Vader. I, I do not remember what and five Star had. Killer. Kind of hated, kind of hated that for it. it because really? it, because yeah. it was console exclusive. Well, and no, not even. Eventually, you could buy them. Not even that. It's like the the whole Star Wars tie in was something that uh, it could completely turn me off from four in, entirely. Couldn't couldn't be interested any less than I already am. Is it because you're more of a traditionalist of the? I guess combat. System? No, I, I'm just uh, opposed to shoehorning Star Wars into everything for for, for the sake of it being Star Wars. Because like, what the yeah. fuck? Lightsabers obviously can't. Yeah. Mm. Well, I not I not not even the physics aspect of it either. Like, obviously, He's a just lightsaber. Burnt out on just Star like, Wars, my dude. I'm totally like. I, I've told the story to a few other people, but the thing that burnt me out most about Star Wars was the Phantom Menace. As soon as the Phantom Menace rolled around and it just completely oversaturated everything. Uh-huh. Like I oh, can't, man, that... can't tell you how annoyed I am when I hear this like they, they use this one snippet of uh of the Star Wars main theme uh for every commercial. And like you can predictably sort of hum along with it and get it right every single time without even hearing the commercial for the first time. Just because they use the same clip over and over and over and over and over yeah. again, and and yeah, like <sighs> Star Wars and Soul Calibur, that that turned me completely off. Link, Spawn, sure, Hayashi, okay, awesome. I was I was not down with Spawn at all. I thought that was a poor decision. It was. I, I, it was, I think that that was the least interesting I, of the three characters. And he was OP as fuck too. But uh-huh. you know, even he was a better choice than Yoda or Darth Vader. Sure. Sure. Well, I mean, I think fighting games have now adopted this like Facebook campaign shirt crossover model, where like if it if it sounds cool on paper even remotely, fuck it, do it, just Let's do it. it. Like we, Let's, yeah, yeah. I mean, but in, in like it, to argue, sec- I almost no, go ahead. I almost feel like fighting games though are in a upswing. Um, I think that you know, especially this past year. Uh, with Injustice 2 and Tekken 7, and this year we're getting Soul Calibur 6. Um, 
I think fighting games are on an upswing, but I don't feel like it appeals to a mass audience. And I think that guest characters can bring those people into the equation. So if you get a guest character that's popular in another series or another franchise or a different genre, like I, it, it, as a Witcher fan, um, and we're speaking about uh, Geralt uh, of Rivia, if I was just a Witcher fan, had no idea what Soul Calibur was or had no intentions of buying Soul Calibur 6, just him being included as a guest character, I'd be like, I'm going to buy this game because I like the fact that he's being included. And I think that does bring a lot of people into fighting games that would normally stay far away from it because it is including <laughs> characters that are that have no real reason to be in that game. Same with Noctis being in Tekken 7. Final Fantasy fans are probably going to gravitate towards Tekken 7 because Noctis is in it. But I think what you to- mean to say is that it's going to bring in a bunch of filthy casuals. <laughs> Oh, uh, I went there. I, I went there. No, that's actually that. that's I'm just a joke. That, I, that is just casual. a joke. It is, but I'm as I'm about as casual as it gets in fighting games. George can attest to this. Yeah. We played Killer Instinct. I'm 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 a, I'm a scrub lord for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I if I can, I, I don't know, man. I I'd like to say I'm competent at by best a lot. But I love the games. genre. I absolutely love the genre. Yeah, same. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I don't know how many times I can sing the praises of Injustice 2, but even then, just I, I think as far as the guest character dynamic, I don't think there's been a better execution of it than that game. Like, even Mortal Kombat X seemed fucking overkill between, like, Leatherface and, oh, dude, Jason and, like, a Xenomorph. Okay, the alien might have been pushing it a little bit, but I absolutely love that Leatherface was in it. He was fucking, that's my favorite character. Yeah, Leatherface, like, it, like it, they just, a oh, lot okay. of it is just gotten to the point where it's just gotten gratuitous, but I feel like, mm-hmm. I don't know, some of the stuff that was done, like, the turtles, like, are are so organic within Injustice 2, I love, like, just, like, it seems something that's it's just so out of the ordinary, and yet it, it seemed so native, like, when you can do something like that, I, I think the the guest character dynamic can work really really well um but aside from that i i want to be excited for uh Geralt but i kind of i i feel though like like Soul Calibur's kind of done this uh guest character thing before and i don't know when uh i don't know what else they really have to offer in addition to that, like, again, Sarah, refresh my memory. Like, did Soul Calibur Five even have a guest character? I want to say it didn't. It had Ezio. Fuck. It did. Like, that's how forgettable uh, Soul Calibur Five was. <laughs> like, I feel like fucking Soul Calibur Six is kind of like, I don't know, man. It's been picking up the slack, uh, but it, it is... I, what was it? Broken Legacy? Or it was the PSP exclusive. Uh, that had Kratos. I thought oh, that yeah. did really well, but yeah. I think like like the the just this adoption of like the singular um, guest character is kind of worked out for them better than the console exclusive one. Uh, yeah, I mean I don't know for some reason that worked out really well. And uh, God, what, the eighth generation, yeah, with Cube, Xbox, and PlayStation Two, that worked out really well for them. But I, well, I that was though, that was sixth generation. We're in the eighth generation now. Well, we're in the eighth generation now. Oh, yeah. I'm a douche. Anyway, <laughs> sixth generation. Apologies. I wouldn't um, say that, but but yeah, I I kind of feel as though like Soul Calibur Six has kind of got to do more 
I mean, it sounds great, but like as you mentioned, like I I didn't even know that Five had a guest character, and that's and it was still forgettable. So it was, um, it was one of the Assassin's Creed characters, but I don't know if it was Ezio or if it was Altair. I think it was Ezio. It was Ezio. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So um, I kind of I don't know, man. I'm I'm excited, but like it's weird that you say that you're excited for six. I'm I'm very tepid. I, I, I just feel like Bandai Namco has proven that they can take a series that has been long established and come out with something that changes the formula and, and does enough to make it fresh, but also brings like it brings audiences from both sides. It brings the hardcore that have played the series, but also brings in new players. And I think the fighting game community and fighting game genre in general needs that. It needs to bring in more players to establish itself as a casuals uh, hey and that's fine i think they (laughs) i i I think they need a place i think that because speaking from a person that loves the genre loves the scene but you're not going to see me in a tournament i still need to have a way to play and be included and i think this kind of does that and i think bandai namco has been doing a lot with tekken 7 to introduce a a a broader audience and i think soul caliber is going to do the same um and I think the, the the streams they've been showing and some of the play like they they're doing a lot right now in final round this weekend. Mm-hmm. They're doing a lot of Soul Calibur like exhibitions and things like that. And it was funny because Markman, who's uh currently kind of a freelancer but was formerly yeah, of Mad Cats went well, down. Exactly, was formerly of Mad Cats. He brought fighting sticks to the like you know, to like the general consciousness, like fighting, fighting sticks is a peripheral is a, is a big deal now because of what he did with mad cats. And I think now he's trying to freelance and go to other companies and trying to get fighting game communities to embrace a more casual audience. And he was even saying for the people that aren't, I guess, familiar with the genre when they're saying like, you know, you're stringing together this combo and it's like, it's one B it's two, three, and they're doing all this like number jargon. You don't know what that means because you're not into fighting games. And he even said on the stream, he said, we need to kind of embrace this younger audience, this more casual audience that has not played a Soul Calibur because fuck, five came out I'm four years ago, maybe more. Like a while ago, yeah. It's been a while. And even then, like you said, people forgot about five. People didn't even know five came out. It came and went. So really, probably since two because I don't think anyone really played 3, and not a whole lot of people played 4, probably because of what Sarah said with the Star Wars inclusion. Some people were just like, I'm bouncing off that real hard. So really, Soul Calibur as a popular game has not been popular, in my opinion, since 2 and since the Dreamcast. And so to bring in an audience now, they need something like that. They need to embrace a more casual audience and bring in guest characters from different series that are popular now. Fuck, I would not be surprised if you saw like a, a fucking PUBG character in soul Calibur 6. <laughs> fuck it I, I a guy with a frying pan and <laughs> I, I just think that like fuck, uh, man, the know. one it trend that i've seen with all guest characters uh-huh. like i'm i'm going back to killer instinct with like rash and sure. like oh, yeah, yeah. ram yeah. um and the arbiter um and and even then going into injustice uh and and looking at like hellboy and just so many i i feel like there's this trend with guest characters where to really make the uh, the novelty uh, of their inclusion even more exciting is that they kind of make them a little bit more overpowered than they need to be and there go like somewhat breaking the system and like I kind of I feel like no one is guiltier than that than uh, the the Soul Calibur development team I mean think but... back to 
Link. Think back to Spawn. Think back to Yoda. But at the Yoda, same time, like, okay, okay. So Yoda was broken for sure because of his dimensions, and mm. and and his his uh his frame data, obviously. Um, but really, a lot of those guest characters are still viable options in tournament level play. The only one that I can think of of recent memory that's not a viable option in tournaments currently is Bayonetta in Super Smash Brothers. She's overpowered to the point where she's not really playable in a lot of tournaments. And that's the only one I've really heard of. I mean, from even like the Injustice side of things, most of those characters are still pretty much like tournament. Oh yeah, legal. no, they've they've been pretty balanced. Like yeah. Hellboy. Hellboy was kind of a a good answer, like in terms of power, especially to fucking um, uh, Deadshot's like reach Black, and Black Adam. <laughs> yeah. Oh, to Black Adam's everything. <laughs> yeah, Black Adam was also like way too frequent in the yeah. professional scene. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm excited. Hopefully, as you mentioned. Fighting games are on the upswing. We kind of see more. I it's kind of sad to see that Street Fighter Five is now just in its stride. And it, <laughs> finally, and it's like, yeah, season three is pretty good so far. Yeah, took Agreed. forever. Um, and then Marvel versus Capcom Infinite might seem attractive later on, but then like there's also we've got Fighter Z and yeah, I that, that's gonna be weird too. If they do do a guest character, I hope to God it's fucking Luffy. Like it, it best be <laughs> Luffy. That'd be great. Um, Luffy from Although it was, Monkey it was, D. Luffy. It was published by uh, Namco Bandai, right? Yeah. Oh, Wait, yeah. So, oh, yeah. oh, oh, Dragon Ball. I'm sorry. I was yeah, thinking yeah. of um, uh, the fucking fighter. What's the one that was Street Fighter 3? Or no, it's not Street Fighter 3. Street Fighter EX. Fi- fi- oh, dude. Yeah. What, what, the, what is that? The, uh, I, I can They're doing their whole. They're yeah. doing a brand new game of their own. I what, think Skullamania is, is even yeah, going to Skull, be in it. Yeah, Skullamania is in it, but I can't remember what the fucking game is called. It's Fla- Project Tre. It's like Treasure Something. It, it, I, yeah, yeah I don't, it's like fighting something. It's secretive as fuck. Like they, yeah. I don't blame you. Like nobody really knows what's going on. Just that, like it made like a brief appearance and then like that's the, it. There's a guy in there named Cracker Jack, and he has a baseball bat and a cowboy hat. So obviously that's going to be a game to play. But yeah, yeah, game the, of the year. Yeah, that one's coming yep. out, and I fucking forgot about that until you started saying about. Yeah, I forgot about Dragon Ball. That came out this year too, didn't it? Yep. Holy shit! <laughs> and it, it's already got yeah, uh, Bardock and Brawly. That's like on the horizon. But um, we were talking about DLC fighters in the last episode. Like to have a crossover like Luffy, that would be dope. But anyway, um, some other cool announcements came out. Uh, I believe it got leaked, so like Square Enix jumped ahead of it and decided to go ahead and. Uh, give the full details. Uh, and that would be Shadow of the Tomb Raider, the third game to the current rebooted franchise of Tomb Raider. One of I, I mean, you guys know that we're no stranger to the love that I have for this game. I still have yet to get all the chivos that I can for the second one, but it is on my docket. But it's one of the in 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 concern to a game that like dynamically, uh, just fucking punctuates everything that's so so impactful about its uh, presentation like I, I cannot sing enough praises for it um we're we're coming down to the conclusion to the somewhat weird cliffhanger that the second one left off on um and uh the setting for it is actually i i think it's probably the most evocative of what you'd expect from a tomb raider game but uh, apparently, it's supposed to take place within uh, uh, Mayan territory. Hmm. So I'm 
definitely looking forward to that. And it's got an official release date uh, where it's going to be uh, September 16th uh, later this year. I, or I'm sorry, 14th. It's going to be September 14th. And uh, one thing that uh, I I think is kind of a pleasant surprise, but also kind of a sign of like a lot of lost faith uh, in Microsoft. <laughs> not, <is> an exclusive. <laughs> not an exclusive. I was about ready to ask because I think yeah. they, they need something because I can think of only three games that Xbox is going to have out this year. And it's uh, Sea of Thieves, Crackdown 3, and State of Decay 2. That's it. I can't think of anything else. We haven't obviously gotten a Forza announcement yet. I'm sure that's incoming. But And a lot of those are PC as well, so Yes. Yeah, Windows ten and, and Xbox. Uh fuck. I, I thought Tomb Raider would be their one kind of like here's our console exclusive for the holidays and they don't even fucking have that. Uh that's a shame. No. Poor Xbox. I mean But they got Super thing. Lucky's Tale though. <laughs> I, I really like Super Lucky's Tale. I, I I've not played it. I've heard of it, but I've not played it personally. It does um, it does look really good. They need to it, just come out with is, fucking. It is super bare bones ass game. I actually I have something lined up to cover for the site, but they, I they like... should come out with Inside Two and make that a, a timed exclusive, and then I'll oh, be on you down because that wasn't exclusive on Xbox for a little bit before it hit Sony, and that was right, a fucking but... reason to get that game. Like that that was a system, not a system seller, but it was nice to her on my Xbox for a change and and play that game. So. Uh, but yeah, there is a teaser out. We can definitely put it within the uh, show notes, but it is going to be the cap off to the trilogy. Okay. Um, to where uh, essentially everything that was built up in this new rebooted origin of the Tomb Raider character um, is going to have her traveling to some Mayan pyramids and deal with uh, essentially whatever sort of foreboding or otherwise like otherworldly like artifact or treasure that that may endanger like the safety of the world so i i'm into it uh there were some other cool little details and wrinkles that were left behind uh that i don't want to spoil but like i i think from what the uh the the first game is very much uh kind of self-contained like it gives you like at the very end like this isn't really spoiling much but it it just basically it develops whatever whatever sort of budding uh, thrill-seeking archaeologist that you you would like imagine Lorecroft to be. But the second one really fleshes out that character, and it adds all the development that like you kind of wanted the, the first game to have. Definitely gets brought out in the second one, and then I really hope that this third one kind of capitalizes on it. But it's kind of a wait and see game too, because coming out this year, actually within the next, I want to say the end of the month is the film adaption of the same rebooted origin. I almost wanted to ask you what you think of that, but I think that'd be a loaded question. (laughs) I mean, I'm excited for it, but, like, you know what? You can't really judge any sort of film based off of its marketing anymore. You really can't. Like, Uh... it's all done so poorly. Um, And then, like, not only that, like, unfortunately, the, the, the film has already been, like, a victim to like some poor and gross audience reception over like what they feel should be the uh what physical attributes the casting of uh the Lara Croft character should be and it and it's fucking like and and I'll just leave it at that I what really you would expect uh, yeah. yeah yeah what you would expect 
Um, well, all I know is that the uh, the casting that they have chosen uh, does a really good job of representing what's in the new games. I can't tell you how how much I disliked Angelina Jolie's uh, portrayal of Lara Croft. I, I mean, it would it would have been good if she jumped off a balcony and broke her neck. <laughs> that would have been, oh. been probably the best uh, representation of that game they could have done. Now, granted, for, for those first couple. Like, at the time that the first Tomb Raider movies were coming out, there was Oh, this... so it's out, by the way. Just oh. so you guys know. I didn't mean to interrupt. So it is oh, okay. currently out. But yeah, um, but go on. I was going to say, like, at the time that the first movies were actually in theaters, there was this model in the UK that, like, nailed the look. And it's too bad that they didn't cast her instead, because I think she uh, she really would have done the movie much better justice. Did she fight a dinosaur in those movies? I don't remember. Oh, jeez. I don't... Okay, there was only, like, Tomb Raider and then Tomb Raider Cradle of Life. Yeah. And, like, I... So, Tomb Raider was just one of those fun, like... It was just a fun, punchy distraction to rent. Especially, like, you know, my memories of it all really hinge on, like, those edgy advertisements in GamePro and EGM. Uh, and they were edge as fuck. Um... And then, like, it it was somewhat competent, like, 3D platforming for the time. Those games would definitely age poorly. I, I just uh, remember then they... locking my butler in the freezer, and that's all I really cared about. Doing. <laughs> that's all I cared about the whole time. Apparently yeah, everyone's done they... that. <laughs> and then course. they did a soft reboot of it, uh, the Tomb Raider Legend reboot, oh, where yeah. they, like, did a remake of the first game that kind of softened Laura's proportions and her character up a bit. Uh, but it was still kind of like the schlocky like I, I wouldn't even say like pulpy it was just like it was definitely way more superficial and shallow it was it was just like eh, like here's this thing that's going on and and that's it like it kind of made you realize that like the original like appeal of tomb raider kind of relied way too much on the sex appeal of like laura croft which is why this reboot is really exciting and so far the last two games like the only I don't know. The only issue that I I kind of find is that they 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 they've already I feel like they've come too late. And even then, I I hope that like with uh Shadow of the Tomb Raider kind of coming around a time that like Uncharted's not really a thing anymore. I mean, there was even then the last Uncharted game was a uh, a an extended like the DLC. just additional content. Yeah, yeah, and and even then uh sales figures if that's any indication like people are kind of done they've washed their hands of well not washed their hands but they're they've kind of but I, there's I, nothing I, more to visit no and i think it's because they know that on the horizon especially with uh naughty dog is last of us sequel and i think that's kind of where that fandom is going to i think they're going for more of a grittier i mean i, I love uncharted i love nathan drake I, I think that 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 series and what it does for games making it more of a cinematic experience is revolutionary um but i think that with last of us like they a lot of these games now like you need something that's unsettling uncomfortable and i think that 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 series will bring that and i think that such a tomb raider there's not a lot oh jesus okay dialed it back a bit it did i remember the first tomb raider where like she fucking like got her shit like it, it was bad. It was it uncomfortable. Was, it wasn't just tossed. It, it was, was uncomfortable for sure. So and I think that's even you kind of see that. Like you see what Uncharted did, 
And that was kind of the answer to Tomb Raider. And then you saw Tomb Raider trying to do what Last of Us was doing in some respect, in my opinion. So I feel like that's where that that genre, where that style is going, you know, to that more grittier kind of uh, approach. I just hope that, like, Tomb Raider, like, the very first one was a critical success and a commercial success. Yeah. Um, Square Square Enix would say otherwise, of course. Yeah, but, like, it really was. Um, The second one, which was a far more superior game, unfortunately, was really hurt by the exclusivity. Yes, yes. So I I really hope that, like, given the fact that it will simultaneously release on all platforms... That it could kind of give, especially I don't know. There, there isn't even even it, PC. Yeah, wow. Even coming out on PC, it's all that's, simultaneous on September That's surprising. 14th. That's surprising. Square Enix is not known to do PC releases day and date. Yeah, or, 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 or like, I, I guess publishing is different than developing. I suppose. Yeah. Okay. But those three platforms are, the, and that's a slated date. And hopefully, um, I mean, they've been quietly, we, we kind of knew this was all going on because I, I believe like the first reveal of it was like at a gamescom a few years ago. The guy, the guy's laptop that got like a picture taken when he's on the bus. Yep. Yeah. Motherfucker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like shit. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it mm-hmm. and I'm glad that like Square Enix is, uh, like, kind of uh reeled the curtains back and, and given us you know something to expect and uh they've been they're still fairly quiet about it i mean we know where it's going to take place and if we anybody who's been following along with the story uh this is definitely supposed to be the fucking crescendo to the rebooted trilogy and we can only see if there's going to be more i what's weird too is like i told myself uh Rise of the Tomb Raider has some excellent uh, additional downloadable content as well. Like, uh, there's a campaign dedicated to Baba Yaga that, like, I really want to check out, and I I haven't. I told myself I would, but uh, time has been a little restraining. Um, but I think the very last uh bit of news that's important that we should talk about being is where Tomb Raider was once uh, Press Pause Radio Game of the Year. Uh, this new one or this announcement towards a a new re-release per se, uh, was the most recent. Uh, best action game of the year uh, Sonic Mania Plus is a thing it is going to be a re-release of Sonic Mania in physical format with new modes and two new characters who aren't exactly new they're obscure as fuck um, <laughs> and I'm really well one of them not so much but somewhat uh, and I'm really excited that they're doing it and that's going to be um, available on uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch all physically with reversible cover art that shows the Genesis cover art. Oh, that's see, that's great. awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of wish that yeah. like they did something for, with like Saturn or 32X. Oh, uh, yeah, that's yeah. That's me being the picking. I mean, if you're going to get, if you're going to do a deep cut in the, the classic Sonic lore, fucking go deeper. Here's what um, I'm, here's what I'm saying though. They should, I, I genuinely hope that they do like a Genesis throwback on the uh, Switch cartridge itself, just like Monster, uh, Monster Boy, listen to me. Wonder Boy Dragon's Trap did. The, uh, the Switch cartridge for Dragon's Trap looks like a Master System cartridge. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah it's I awesome. Yeah. The actual Switch <sighs> cart looks like it, really? Okay. Yeah. Let's show and tell, Sarah. Show and tell. As he grabs it, um, I do kind of want to also uh, touch on some of the new uh, modes that they're going to be introducing, though. So there's going to be a four-player competitive mode, um, 
Oh, that's uh, amazing. <laughs> that's great. Does it taste like um, nostalgia? It tastes like something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it also I came still... with like all of this stuff too, which is a pretty choice. See, that's fucking cool. Like that's that's some like game. Hey, works I mean, kind of that, shit. that's that's why Nicholas got best publisher. And, um, and for that exact reason, yeah, yeah, you're exactly. absolutely they right. They are. Uh, they're also going to do a re-release of Code of Princess for the Switch too. That I'm really excited Ooh. about. Code of yeah. Princess. Yeah, that's the uh, beat 'em up. That's very like reminiscent of Guardian Heroes. The Guardian Heroes. Oh, yeah, the it's... one on the one that came out on 3DS. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so Nicholas okay. yeah, yeah. is doing that as well, or? Yeah. Oh, oh that's going to be out the next month or so. Yeah, dude. There's a lot of splendid. Shit that, like the Switch at this point is like kind of like the Wii, except shit that you don't know about it's isn't a, garbage it's shovelware. Good, it's yeah. actually like really <laughs> dope just, releases. The only reason why I wanted to buy a Switch this year was for No More Heroes, and I saw the gameplay. And I'm very like. Yeah, ca- ca- I, cautiously optimistic. Like I think Suda Fifty One will probably do right by No More oh, Heroes yeah. fans, but the top-down perspective of the gameplay and the cooperative aspect of it has me a little concerned. But regardless, if it's not for that game, it'll be for the new Shimigami Tensai game. Mm. Like I, I will get a Switch this year, I believe. I think it's in the cards, but I just oh yeah, those are the two and games if... that were going to sell it for me personally. <laughs> And I mean, if you haven't already, uh, and you're into your shoot 'em ups, you need a Switch. It's just, it's the best console for shoot 'em ups this generation. I can't yeah. get around it. I know it's, yeah, it, it's they, crazy that that that's how it has progressed. But I'm, I'm just happy. they just released Sonic Wings three on it. They uh, they put Unlimited uh, Dead Unlimited three on it. Daridan is now on it. Like it just never ends, and they've got some really heavy hitters coming up. If they get some arrow um, fighters on there, then maybe I'll no, consider that, it. That is Sonic Wings. Sonic Wings 2 and 3 are on there. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, son of a bitch. Well, here we go. <laughs> I, 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 I guess that, 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 that sold it then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Enough, I mean, and uh, oh. like Vis- there's one called Visara coming up. Uh, it's going to be a combo pack. They're saying it's going to be physical. And that's very good news indeed. Um, but yeah, it, it comes with two, those two arcade shoot 'em ups, and it's coming out in like 2019. But. Uh, that's got me pretty excited, and a lot of people are are pretty excited about that as well. Uh, it's going to be on all consoles, but I mean, the fact of the matter is, you can get that on the Switch with the rest of these great sh- uh, shooters as well. Yeah, and I feel like that's the console choice for that genre, which is good because oh, yeah. it, it's sorely needed. Like, I think it needs a home, and I feel like that's we thought that Xbox I... One was going to be that home, and it's like wow. Like curveball, you know that's yeah. Well, now. I think with the added utility of being able the to the portability so oh easily, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. That's what definitely gave it was a dead giveaway. But, but oh, like some what? other cool things. Sorry, I was just gonna just throw this in here. Wild Guns Reloaded is coming to Switch now too. So oh shit, really? Yep. Dude, okay, because I've been wanting to grab that on PlayStation Four, but I'm double dipping, man. On my PlayStation Four. <laughs> I I bought the physical one from Play Asia. I'm gonna I'll double dip it. Sure, I got yeah, got my uh, pre order in. Um, but going back to the Sonic Mania re-release, what's really cool is, um, so there's going to be a four-player competitive mode, uh, there's going to be, um, some other touch-ups and, uh, teases of new stages and a new encore mode, uh, and new play styles that are going to be introduced because of, uh, Mighty the Armadillo and, uh, Ray the Flying Squirrel, two characters that were, uh, companions to Sonic in the Japanese-only uh, arcade game Sega Sonic the Arcade, which was an isometric, oh yeah, uh, fucking yeah. weird 
You're, you're, you weren't game. lying about deep cuts. Holy shit. Oh, no, dude. It's a deep cut. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Mighty was a character in the Chaotix games, which we showed off in our play play. But you can find on our YouTube. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to play pretty similar to that because he's just a fucking palette swap of Sonic. Um, but what's really cool is, like, I think Sega's really embracing, like, what what Sonic thing did better uh, when it came down to sales yeah. and uh, reception. Yeah, no forces. Uh, not right. only are they doubling down on this with Plus, but they got the animator, Tyson Hess, for the intro to uh, also work on and will release five promotional episodes that kind of uh, build together, uh, you know, leading up to Sonic Mania plus a release uh, called Sonic Mania Adventures. But the voice which, of Sonic will be... Uh, I think what they're going to do is it's going to be uh, where they're all silent. Uh, just because that's always been like classic Sonic. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think there's going to be any... Uh, I think they're really Jaleel not White, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would hope it would be Jaleel White. I mean, White. Shit, you know, dude. his last thing was like one of those like Mega Shark movies, wasn't it? I mean, what if they go in a completely different direction and they do Haley Joe Osmond? Mm, mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know. After his stint in Kingdom Hearts. I mean, I mean he did well. I he think isn't he being brought right. back for who, three? Who, who's the one that was in Silicon Valley? The last like season of Silicon Valley. Wasn't that him? I don't know. Silicon Valley is not my jam. Okay. I mean, I, I it, want it to be my jam. It's a cool show. I'd recommend but, it, but I'm pretty sure that it was like a child actor was like the VR guy of that season. I thought it was him, but now I'm not so sure. I'll have to look it up. What the fuck? All right. Uh, hey, Sa- can someone get on an Apple product and say, hey, Siri, who is Haley Joe Osmond? All right, cool. Hey, Siri, yeah. who's Haley Joe Osmond? Yeah, show me a picture because I have no idea. I think it's awesome, Mitt. Here's some information. All right. You show me a picture. I, I, a very poor picture. I, Siri's just gotten worse. So, uh, yeah, well, that's him. See. Haley Joe Osment. Yeah, he's in the last season of Silicon Valley. Yeah, he's, uh, it's the uh, Sixth hey, Sense Bixby. kid. Hey, Bixby. Who is Haley Joel Osment? Oh, it didn't work. Hold on. All right, I'll, I'll do one too. Are Hold you listening on. to me or not? I'm, I'm gonna do mine. Let's see. How the fuck do I do this? I got a new, newer phone, newish phone. Yeah. Hey Google. Hey, hey Bixby. Did Haley Haley Josman get fat? <laughs> Who is Haley Joel Osman? Let's take a look at what I found on the web. Hmm. It's a lot of pictures of him and and Cayman Islands, so maybe that's, huh? He's gonna be in the X Files. <laughs> oh my god, I hate this. This dude. I mean, I I don't even know. He just looks like such a handsome boy now. Like, is he still right. pretty? Is he still? No, he 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 got he got thick. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> thick. 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 With three C's um, and several spaces. But I'm, but I'm down with that, man. I'm down with the thick. So, you know. Mm. All right. I mean, if we can't appreciate our dad bods, then, like, I, what, I, I've been rocking a dad ba- bod all my life. I've been preparing for the fatherhood. <laughs> <laughs> been, been dad bods um, supreme. But there's no official release for Sonic Mania Plus. Um, It's still, though, I, I really, really like... I, 
as we had been mentioning in previous episodes, we kind of hope, I, I personally hope that Sega come to their senses and kind of understand like, okay, if this is what fans want, then this is the direction they should go in. And, and hopefully they kind of just uh, lean really hard into that and we might not see something as awkward as uh, fucking uh, more of Sonic's DeviantArt adventures and, and kind of like, you know, just get... I'm just surprised get, get, we haven't gotten the Sonic and Persona crossover that we're all expecting at some point. <laughs> Dude, with those just... gross human hands. Oh, my God. Uh, um, But, yeah, hey, let's go ahead and let's switch gears. I think uh, I think it's time for what's in your console. What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, dude? How you doing? Uh, well, same old, same old, really. <laughs> ah, 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 dude. Ah, what? How'd you do that? What happened? I, I tweaked something. I tweaked it. I think I tweaked Jeez. my elbow. God, oh, now it's the wrong kind ear- of tweak. <laughs> it's these earbuds I wear. Like I think I'm gonna be working out, so I want to have the right earbuds to work out and run. But I end up just tripping over them and, and hurting myself, like I just did. Yeah, you're subscribing to the wrong mm. kind of tweak there, pal. I mean, mm. speaking of earbuds, tweaked audio, Jesus. Tweaked audio. Dude, they're tangle-free. Tangle-free earbuds that come in seven different styles and colors, and not only that, they allow for mic'd and non-mic'd versions, so that way you can use them anytime you're, I don't know, calling for a doctor, because it sounds like you're in a lot of pain. Right now, yeah, exactly. Yeah, those, they, those cost way too much money, though. I, I don't think I could afford a pair of earbuds that don't tangle, because they all do. They well, always tangle up. <sighs> You know, dude, they are designed to sound great, and they're really cool for just about anything you need them for is because they got noise-reducing design. So with all these sweet features, you'd be in luck because we currently have a code that you can use on tweakedaudio.com right now. It's PPR. You just got to type PPR, and you'll be set from there. It's easy enough. Hey, Sarah, can you help me out, man? Like, I think I really hurt something. I need some help. Can you prop me up, please? Dude, what happened? Get up, man. So you you, te- you tripped over these things? Yeah, I, more like I fell over them, I think. <laughs> Honestly, Man, I hurt myself pretty bad. Why don't you have any tweaked? I mean, they're compatible with iPods, iPhones, and Android devices, so you really have no excuse. I mean, I guess, but like you said, there's a discount code. But I mean, am I really going to save a lot, you think, with this? Because I, I sure. really can't afford... I, I, I honestly tear up all my earbuds, like, all the time. Well, 33% off with free shipping and a lifetime warranty? How could you afford not to, dude? Lifetime of warranty would be amazing because I'm very, very clumsy. And also, I, I live on a limited income because I buy way too many earbuds. So I need to buy <laughs> one ear, I need to buy one pair and be done. So I think this is the one I'm going to get. Man, go to www.tweakedaudio.com and get your shit sorted out. Yeah, dude. Enter in the code PPR and you can get 33% off some new earbuds. Uh, but before we do that, let's... Let's get you to the nearest emergency uh, care, yeah? Yeah, yeah, can we ice this? Thank you. Okay. What's in your console? All right. Oh, man. 
let's see. What do we? Who do we have go last time? I, we we started off with Andrew because Andrew yeah. didn't play a lot. A and also, I didn't play a lot this time either. So this is par for the course. There we go. So, Sarah, what has been in your console, my friend? Uh, well, I play. I've, I have actually been playing a lot of Tetris Two plus Bomb Bliss for the Famicom, and. Uh, a lot of people listening are probably thinking of a different Tetris 2, uh, and that's not what we're talking about here. Tetris Tetris 2 plus Bombless is what I'd call the real Tetris 2. Um, it has a really refined version of Tetris with three different modes, and then another game called, well, it's, it's a variant of Tetris called Bombless. And so, hmm... You you all know the A type and the B type of Tetris. So like A type is your infinite mode, and B type is the one that has the multiple tiers Where of you're blocks. Climbing up to different uh, lines. Yeah, exactly. You you have to do twenty five lines with varying heights of random junk. Mm-hmm. Uh, C type. What that does is it starts off feeling like um like the uh, the A type, but over time, junk blocks will build up from the bottom of the screen, forcing everything up. Oh, like hepatitis. Sure, hepatitis C blocks. Well, I mean, is there a know, puzzle game that it... has venereal diseases? Because I'd play it. <laughs> well, Doctor Mario, if you want to be technical, trauma. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Uh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, anyway, um, go on. But yeah, uh, so that's like the main difference between the Tetris as- aspect. Bombless, though, it, it plays a lot like Tetris, but the mechanics are completely different. So you can get a full line in Bombless, but it won't necessarily be taking, taken away because in the line you have to have an explosive bit. And uh, most blocks have at least one explosive portion to the Tetramino, but um, some of them will be like entirely explosive. So you can really like build up a, a larger bomb out of it. So if you can get like a two by two, it becomes a large bomb and that will clear out a big swath uh, if you can clear it away. Um, what's really interesting too is that if you can get multiple lines and by extension, oh yeah, no, multiple lines will, uh, increase the amount of blocks that the bombs will take out. So like in terms of vertical, so one line, you'll have one row of explosive power. If you get two lines though, it will expand vertically above and below the blast. So it'll make it bigger. And then you can take out multiple bombs that way and clear more of the screen. So it's... It's it's it might sound a little complicated, but in practice, it's actually really intuitive. And uh, like we ended up live streaming it the other night, and I got to like level I don't know eighteen or nineteen before we actually like lost. So you it's know a lot what, of fun. You know what it kind of reminds me of? It almost reminds me of Panic Bomber. Am I? Do you, are you familiar with Panic Bomber? I wish I was. I want to get so, that on Virtual Boy. Uh, I mean, it's the same game. You can get it on yeah. Neo Geo, Virtual Saturn Boy, and stuff. Yeah, Saturn. Yeah, actually, um, Neo Geo might be a good one to get it on. Yeah, it is absolutely. Um, Panic Bomber kind of uses a similar concept, except what it is, you're building like you're in this case. Which, by the way, I've never heard the noun tetramino. Like that. That's what I'm. That's that, my takeaway. I'm yeah, like, that, 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 that was some, like that's some official that wiki lingo. canon. Yeah, that's like. <laughs> Hey, I mean, Bombless takes it further, too. They've got triminos, biminos, and also pentaminos. 
So I think there's even like a, a hexamino somewhere in there too. Like it really gets complicated, but it's Holy like maybe shit. a lot more fun as a, as a result. Yeah. A, a tetramino is a geometric shape composed of four squares connected. Oh God. Orthogonally. What the four, what the fuck is an orthogonal? <laughs> it it means that it can be co- What's an orthogon? composed. It means that it can Rest be composed in, in different, sp- in different P or different, um, uh, shapes. There's only a total of seven tetraminos that can possibly exist. Holy shit, Sarah, are you a wizard? <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I just really like puzzle games. I I think you are the puzzle master. It's it's my second favorite genre to shmups, believe it or not. Interesting. Um, yeah. I so going back to Panic Bomber. <laughs> sure. Uh, that, that, that's what I was originally looking up, and then I had to look up tetramino. Because <laughs> what you're doing is you're. Uh, with panic bombers, you're kind of uh working with what you get. You're you're getting uh like-minded enemies or like-minded shapes or whatnot together, and based on the cluster that you can get, you once you build them, you're then given a bomb that you can trigger that will respond only to certain arrangements. So okay. that's what it kind of. I mean, am I? It it it's it it's kind of similar to bombers. I mean, anybody who's familiar with both of them, feel free to fucking call me out. Um, but that's a vibe I'm getting. I, what I want to know is, has there been any like individual or uh, or a sequel or any like continuation of Bombless? Because this is the very first time I've ever heard of it. Super Bombless, which is on fan- Super Famicom. Super Famicom. It's in the mail. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. So expect to see that on stream. I'm, I'm I've been toying with it for a long time. I might try spinning off a uh, a puzzle. Review show. Interesting. I, that would be. I think that'd be easy, fast, and fun. And there's also a, a pretty big wealth of of games to cover with something like. Oh that, yeah, so. yeah. Uh, Puzzle, little Puzzle known fighter will be in there, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> there, there once was a time that I was one of the best players in the world at um, Luminous for the PSP. Okay, I yeah. can't get behind Luminous. I yeah. fucking hate Luminous, man. Luminous I Live. I was number four. And then, uh, like, that was a long time ago. There there would be times where, like, I'd go for so long that I'd have to take bathroom breaks, and I hadn't lost, like, two and a half hours of play Damn, on, a single, on a single go, yeah. I really loved Luminous. Like, the first one specifically, easily my favorite one. Didn't overcomplicate itself. I think that'd be fucking uh, dope. I'd watch that. I'd, I'd definitely be into it. Um, but I... I certain puzzle games, I I kind of kind of just enjoy like something that has a very simple like very easy to learn but like very complex to master. Like any of the puzzle league games, I automatically gravitate to. Um, oh yeah, Planet I Puzzle League Bejeweled, was amazing. Though. Yeah, Bejeweled is just a fucking yeah. <laughs> like a perverted version of that. Um, but I kind of feel like some original puzzle games, like uh, that were really trying. Like, what was weird is because my girlfriend also like any any sort of puzzle game, she'll immediately um just she can dump hours into. Like, there was this one that we ended up getting uh, on our uh, arcade setup that like she just couldn't stop thinking about from California Extreme was Puzzle O Oko, which is like a variation of um. Puzzle Bobble, except uh, instead of like aiming, uh, like 
aiming like at a straight trajectory, uh, bubbles at a similar color. What you had to do is you would lob them at an arc, and oh. then you would have to take into account uh, gravity. Because what you're doing is you're piling them up, and then they're... It sounds kind of like worms like, to me with like the trajectory of like how things are getting like yes. tossed out. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But hmm. Uh, here's the thing, like it's because it's got a plinko aspect to it. Oh so, like, my god. So like fucking Peggle? Instead, yeah. Kind of, <laughs> actually, weirdly enough. Okay. Nice. Okay. Um, I like, but instead I like of that. the ceiling coming down, it's the it's the the floor that's going up. So we gotta make sure that the top doesn't touch the ceiling at all. And um you're wanting to get like a certain colored bobble, because it's a it's a bubble, just like puzzle bobble. Yeah. Uh but you're wanting to get a certain colored bubble uh to touch with its arrangements, and when you get them you can then go ahead and um, burst them, but you can't really plan for like uh, combos or chains as well because they all kind of fall down in a weird set of physics. Like you don't know where they're gonna plop at, so it kind of makes it a little bit more challenging. That's the one thing I don't like about it. Like most puzzle games, you kind of want to plan ahead and and try to arrange like some sort of chain to really get you going. Like Puyo Puyo. Yeah, you, this one you really like dynamically just try to survive. Like it's a puzzle game that like you're just trying to get by. Hmm. Um, but was there any console versions of this or no? It is mm. arcade JAMA exclusive. Um, Neat. It, it, it's re- it, yeah. It, it's which is sad. I would really, I would hope that like uh, Hamster does get like a version Ooh, of this, yeah. but it's it's developed by and published by Sammy Studios so it's one of those weird arcade releases which i don't even know what sort of present sammy oh it's sega sega absorbed them a while ago yeah yeah so yeah. see i know mean, that is that's far from viewpoint radar. viewpoint was also developed by sammy for the neo geo and i'm sure that'll come to the uh, aca line for various consoles eventually so i could see it happening i could Who see knows? that yeah um, uh, I want to I want to just sort of put a footnote on the uh, the whole Tetris two and Bombless. Um, a couple things that make this uh, particular release very special is that the gameplay is very very smooth. Like each block has multiple frames of uh, animation in its rotation, and uh, it goes pixel by pixel in a smooth motion as it falls, not just block by block. Uh, so it's really it's it's a lot more. It almost takes a bit of time to get used to, really, but I really enjoy how smooth it is. And secondly, all of the music is done by Koichi Sugiyama, which is the guy behind the Dragon Quest uh, music. I, you know, like, now that we've been talking about these puzzle games, and it's funny that you mentioned, like, just the, like, puzzle games that are a bit frenetic and all depend on placement. I really wish, and, like, I don't know... One of these days, if you if we can get your hands like on a on a VR headset and like we can put it on, you really really need to play Super Hypercube. I really feel as though Super Hypercube could be the one VR game that you would actually not only be able to play I, but appreciate. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's like uh, what's that fucking uh, Wipeout? Is that the game? Like like the actual like like a TV show game Wipeout? Yeah, where they like jump through like the <laughs> yeah. Where you kind of have to like, oh, plan, hole in the wall. like what sort yeah. of shape or, yeah, hole or in the position wall. Yeah. you can be in. That's kind of what it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's really cool is it's got a kicking soundtrack. It was developed mm-hmm. by Polytron, which uh, you haven't really seen much of them, uh, like you know, since Fez. Um, and it it really really fucks with just uh like how you can how you perceive like the uh the perimeter of a shape like something like 
when, when you add so many different sides to it and you're given uh, only a certain amount of time to kind of like make sure that you can fit it through, it gets especially like it really has a super hexagon like feel to it. But like it's definitely way more uh, cerebral than super hexagon. Super hexagon is like just reactionary. This, though, like, it was I fun. Don't know. <laughs> I really if you get the chance, definitely play super hexagon. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. It's All right. Um, the other game that I've been putting a lot of time into, really for Bullet Heaven, is a game called Pawarumi, and uh, it was it's a game that a lot of people have been asking to be reviewed on on Bullet Heaven. Uh, it was only released uh, around the the end of January. I think it might have been in like early access or something like that prior to its official release. But um, Pawarumi is a vertical shooting game that sort of takes like an Aztec or a Central American sort of style even South American style to it. And they basically imagine what the future would be like if that civilization had continued to thrive. Um, and it's a pretty simple game in that what you have available to you is simply movement, a bomber button, and then three different types of shots. Uh, they all have like a color corresponding to them. So blue is like a laser. Um, red is kind of like a lock on. And then green is sort of like a, a helix uh, machine gun shot, right? And then all enemies have a corresponding color. But depending how you attack these enemies with respective colors will determine how you will progress in the game. So um, there's a crush uh, color combination where you'll do double the damage to an enemy. There's a boost color combination where you will um, heal your shields. And there's a... Um, a charge function where you can fill up a special weapon. And this is all done simply by shooting enemies with different colors. So obviously green to green, that's where you're going to recover your shield, but they'll be able to attack you with more fierce fire. Um, if you're, if we're just staying with green, uh, blue to green is crush and that'll do double the damage. And then red to green is uh charge, which will increase your special weapons. And this just sounds like a MOBA ass radiant silver gun. A little bit, yeah. You're probably right. I was it's, gonna it's say very, the, the, the flip flopping of the colors. Very, yeah. very radiant silver gun to be sure, but there are no real chains per se. It's it's a lot more simple, and there aren't like extra combinations. You couldn't like combine green and red for a different attack like you would be able to in uh, radiant silver gun. Um, it's purely I feel like purely a matter. Effects. I didn't mean to cut you off. The oh, yeah. practical effects of like where like certain combinations do something based on your current situation, like that's got like a MOBA like vibe to it. Like you know, maybe you need to play more defensively. Maybe mm. you need to do that. It's not. I, oh I, yeah, I feel like it, 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 it's like kind of reactionary. Yeah, yeah it's way, well, yeah. it's definitely dynamic to be sure. sure and yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure how I feel with uh, feel about it, but the review is going to be coming out soon, and I'll make my final judgment. Um, it is playable. It's kind of short and, uh, and the mechanics are work, but they're a little, um, they're a little confusing at first. It takes a while to, to really hit your stride and get used to, uh, what colors are supposed to be used where. So, um, that's, that's basically what's been in my console lately. Um, so I'll just hand it off to the next guy. I'll jump in because uh, obviously I haven't played a lot console wise, which was kind of expressed previously um unless unless you want to talk about your games george i don't want to 
keep you from talking I mean, about them. I, I, oh, I, no, I, dude, I, I've I, got a lot to talk I, about. Okay, so the only thing I've played video game-wise since the last time we recorded was Destiny, but that's, like, my, that's my weekly thing. Like, I'll jump in, I'll do my weekly, you know, it's like WoW for a lot of people. Like, people that play WoW will do their dailies, and then they just jump off, and that's it. That's what it's been for me video game-wise this week. I did my weekly stuff for Destiny, and then I jumped off. It wasn't really... You know, anything substantial. I feel you, man. That's what I'm doing for Pokemon Go. And even then, I couldn't. It, it, yeah. I'm, I'm it, burnt out on Pokemon Go right now. Hey, it, Final it, Fantasy 14 over here. Yeah, it, it's just it, it's just what you do, you know? It's kind of like how I talked about in one of the more recent podcasts. It's kind of masturbatory. It's just like, well, you got to take care of it, <laughs> I guess. So this is what you do. Got to um, rub that daily out. You have to, man. You got to do it, man. You got to get the poison out. I get it. Um. <laughs> But no, honestly, for me, it was actually more of a, and kind of recently in like the last few months, it's been more board games. Uh, I've been really taking a liking to board games and not just the games themselves, which they have been starting to kind of show themselves as being more dynamic, not not dynamic. Board games are not what I expected them to be. There's so many different variants and different types of board games now. It's opening my eyes to a whole new world. Like there's so many different kinds of styles and different types of games. Because, you know, before this, it was like I played Magic the Gathering, kind of casually, and I've played Cards Against Humanity, obviously, with the podcast a few times. Uh, but board games have, like, really started to kind of become a big deal, and I think the trends on Kickstarter could definitely attest to that. Like, board games are kind of in in a renaissance. Like, it's, it's like a big deal right now. And uh, that's what the community of gaming has been for me recently has been board games because I can go to a group of people that play board games and it's not like I'm playing the same game I've always played. I'm actually learning about new games. I'm starting to experience new games and it's a very embracing community of people. It's a very welcoming group of people. It's not like games online nowadays where it's a very, um, it's one of those things where like, you know, you try to jump into a game like call of duty or try to jump into league of legends and the learn- it's a very committed experience. It, it, it's committed, the learning curve is steep, and the community can be toxic at times, and they're not very welcoming of new players. Whereas board games, from what I've seen, especially in my local scene, uh, they're very welcoming of new players. They want to teach you the mechanics of these games. They want to show you new games. And oh, it's, yeah. It, it's a super cool thing to be a part of, man, like the social experience. And, you know, Sarah, I know you're doing that with a lot of the game events that you're doing where you're located. You're bringing people to new games. You're bringing people new Used to do. And, but, I th- um, and I think that there will be a place for that because I've always wanted to come up that way and check one out at some point. But in the past, you have done that. And I think that's a important thing to do for a community. Hmm. You need to be able to like showcase and you need to be able to teach and educate people about these games. And that's what board games have been for me lately. And it's been a lot of fun and I'm really excited about it. Although it is an expensive hobby to pick up because some of these board games <laughs> oh, get definitely. retail for like... The price of a actual video game, sometimes even more so. Sometimes more, yeah. yeah uh, I mean, absolutely. around here, there's actually a couple of um, a couple of places. It's called the the boardroom cafe, mm-hmm. yeah. And you put, you pay like a cover charge. You go in, you play uh, games, and I think it's like a bar as well. So that sounds yeah. Cool. Basically, <laughs> that sounds yeah. Really cool. Two two locations. Like there's one in downtown Halifax, and there's one just down the way from where I work. And, um, and yeah, like a lot of people go to these places to play games with other people. Yeah. And it's really cool. I think that even like if I were just to walk into one of these places with no friends there, like they're, they're embracing 
a, a new player. Like they want to teach mm. you this stuff. They want you to be a part of it. They're very welcoming. And like, that's what I've gotten from, you know, my, my local area of board game players. Like they're friends that I made from when I worked in retail, like they would, you know, talk to me and I'd kind of keep in touch with them. But now that something about video games, is just that I want to play stuff like monster hunter. I want to play stuff like, you know, multiplayer <laughs> experiences, but it's, the community for me is not there. If my friends aren't playing it, I'm not going to have any interest. Monster Hunter's already having... It is such a... The system of, of getting people that you know <laughs> yeah. to play with you yeah, it, is it, so much more difficult it's brutal than brutal than it has any reason to be, and it shouldn't be that way. But the fact that we have to jump through these hoops to get a group to play, it's it's kind of insane. And yeah. so, yeah, you're absolutely right. This is... This is kind of the alternative to that, and it's just it's a throwback to the land parties of our, you know, our heydays. Like it's just getting together with a bunch of people, playing some games, having some fun. It's just analog it's, land parties. Yeah, really, it is. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it's, you're setting up boards to, you know, yeah. board games are now the new like routers and switches, you know, for our crossover it's like tables. The new, the new IRC. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's been cool though. So that's why I've been doing this week, and it's weird because I know. We've in the past talked about maybe because we had did the um, critical fail podcast where we did Pathfinder and I've always kind of wanted to go back to something like that for the for the website. But we it's so hard to do a campaign of D&D or Pathfinder or anything like that. But the technology is there now. Like we can do Roll20. We can do it all online. And I think that there is a lot of coverage of board games nowadays, but I, I would like to go back to that at some point. So I'm hoping that maybe we'll branch that off into something for, uh, you know, pen and paper RPGs or board games. I think that's something we could cover in the future. So if people are listening and they kind of want something like that, you know, feel free to comment or uh, hit us up on our various social media. I don't mind doing something Pathfinder related. That's something I've been very interested in. I would love to see your, you two personally, your personalities coming through in a, a RPG like that with a character, I think that'd be fucking insane. Like, I, I would be really... We have to get a really good DM to do it, but I think that'd be something really cool to check out. Like, I, I don't know. If, if people are interested in checking, you know, trying that, I, I recommend they comment or hit us up on social media and let us know if that's something they want to see, because I would be really excited to do it, for sure. Gotta get gotta get Arby's down on that marketing. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> once, once, we secure, once we secure Arby's marketing, yeah. then we're set. That's we it. can yeah. do whatever the fuck we Done want. Done deal, man. Yep, money in the bank. Well, that's it for me, so, yeah, I mean, if you... I know you've got some video-ass video games to talk about. Yep. Got the um, video. Well, I, I will... I'll go ahead and start off with something that's a little late uh, to some aspect, but, like, something that uh, really... I don't know. It took me by surprise. Um... Because we had previously covered Monument Valley, which I still want to do some more for the site, because I, I still attest that's one of the best mobile games uh, currently available, just uh, from a puzzle aspect and just from like presentation. Like there, I cannot there, I cannot say enough good things about Monument Valley, uh, both the original and its sequel. Uh, but the same person who uh, put those together also released a. Uh, visual storytelling game with interactive elements where it's a game by the name of Florence and it it's very evocative of uh, some relatable um, there there's a there there's a lot of points within its storytelling that's very relative uh, rel- ah, relatable uh, especially when it comes to 
oh man, just modern, just the modern dating aspect and, and, and like social scene, especially when you're uh, also trying to, uh, maintain, uh, and, and support yourself with like, there's, I know I'm kind of speaking in circles, but the story centers on the, uh, the eponymous Florence and in just her day-to-day routine of uh, living as an accountant and basically going through and, and doing that just because it's it's secure it's something that she knows and her kind of having some reservations towards like what exactly she's doing in life as she kind of goes back and you know pines for the simpler times where she really wanted to be an artist and that like the game kind of touches on that a lot and and just the fact that she's like so disenchanted with like adult living and there's there's a lot of different subtle cues like there's so much subtlety to the way the game like unveils its story interactively that it pulls you in but you feel like you're doing almost nothing you are you're watching a story that you are moving along through these different interactive elements whether you are uh putting together like uh an arrangement of a of a puzzle that is supposed to represent uh, an old art piece that she did in her childhood when there's a a scene that's like kind of diving into that exposition via a flashback or just like putting together like beats of a certain song that she's hearing and you're kind of tapping that along and even like some of those more like the dreary scenes that kind of moving the plot along to where she's killing time on the subway by like either liking or retweeting posts on her phone and you get to choose what gets retweeted and what gets liked like little like insular moments like that like kind of really pull you in and, and make you really play like it, it's weird because Florence very much so has a personality and, and a character development but you get the the subtle reins that you can use to steer what you would do in that situation and le- the illusion of choice is like very much so an illusion like way more than anything you'd see like from telltale but it it's done so in in such an, a very quaint way like where the presentation just like kind of overwhelms you with everything that's going on that you really feel as though you are kind of having your own story in Florence's role in her shoes and at some point she meets a boy and I don't want to talk about it because again, it's a very short game, but you can kind of pull yourself in and out of like where, especially if, if you've kind of led um, maybe a busy or maybe a, a sort of dating life, but like there, there's a lot that's going on in the commentary that's shown there and, and what you can do uh, for yourself. And sometimes like the fact that it really just takes you to be happy and no one else, like, there's a lot of poignant commentary towards that that I've really, really enjoyed. Like it, it was definitely a game that left me thinking. It was an experience more so than a game, and it. I mean, at three dollars, it 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 can't be beat. Yeah. And we have a, I have a review that's kind of like touched more on that. Like there's some particular scenes that I really, really enjoyed because um I played this actually back to back with my girlfriend because she was initially interested in it, and coincidentally I got sent a review copy. So. Uh, where she she definitely invested herself in it uh, immediately more so than I did just because of like what I have on my plate. Um, but it was really interesting to like you know kind of compare notes and contrast what she did versus what I did. And while it didn't 
while the actions didn't necessarily achieve uh, a different outcome, they completely delivered an entirely different context based on our own personalities and what we did. And it gave us an entirely different experience, like hmm. as opposed to like how she played as Florence. And like, again, the one thing that like kind of put me at odds and I, I think there's only so much you can do is, um, I mean, it, it, it tries to be as very, I don't know. There, there, there's moments where I felt as though I wanted to relate to the other main character more so than Florence, but the story is being told from her perspective. But then it tries to do as much as it can to be ambiguous. Mm -hmm. However, like any of the interactions that you do are all done through the perspective of Florence. Which, so, which she'll like, probably be partial about stuff she's doing or saying, so it's kind of hard to exactly. relate as much. And yeah. there are times I wanted to be actually be partial to the other. Yeah. But you're not getting that narrative. <laughs> no. Yeah. And I kind of wish that, like, maybe there was a chance to do that. But then, like, I don't want to dilute her story either. It was it was really weird. And I think it's almost like by doing that, it, it, that's kind of an intentional design choice yeah. by the developers. Because, again, you know, she was able to have a, a much more uh, harrowing experience than I did. Where I had an experience. And I definitely have, like, I took a lot of feelings away from it. But uh, none is probably nothing quite as intense as she did and we both like it really stuck with and us. i think maybe that's for it, it may be for a reason to see it from a perspective that you may not see it normally because games are being voiced through the protagonist that maybe you're more accustomed to so where this is voiced by someone you're maybe not as familiar with and so it's good to see that different perspective and hell i'd almost see it like as an expansion opportunity of like here's it from the perspective of the other person like see how the narrative changes and see how the things are different from that point of view. It's just it's delivered with such an ambiguous like uh setup that like you can really take away like your own interpretation. Sure. Like there is a scene Which is good because you always have to be the, the best end. storyteller when you're playing these things, honestly. Exactly. Yeah. And there's a scene that kind of gave me an, a com a completely different impression from her. Mm -hmm. And like I mean, you can't necessarily like I mean to it really just kind of punctuate how our, how you want to cap off your feelings towards it. Yeah. The fact that like we can walk away with those different impressions, like really tells us a testament to the arrangement and the, like the pace of that story and how it went. I don't know. I, I, I really enjoy it. It's definitely worth the, I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll expand on it in my review, mm -hmm. but it, I, I definitely recommend I, it. I like the idea that it, it kind of creates that water cooler discussion of like, well, you chose to go about this way in your, in your, I guess your storytelling in your own perspective of how things were and, you know, it might be different from someone else that plays it. And I like that it embraces the like mundane everyday kind of stuff. Like you play something like a telltale game. It's like, well, this zombie is going to either eat this person or this person. Who do you decide? Whereas this game's like, I need to retweet this. Which one am I going to retweet? Like, it's like the everyday aspect of it makes it more relatable. And I think it's more impactful that way because, you know, it's stuff that you would actually have to encounter on a day-to-day -day basis. I think that makes more that makes more sense kind of telling I mean, telling your own story and kind of like creating your own uh, you know, your own version of it. It's really hard to kind of go into detail of course, because yeah. as such I would it like gives away a lot of stuff. Something. Yeah, sure, sure. But there's like one particular scene I think this is what really like it's probably my favorite moment only because of like how um how different it can be on like on the context that you infer, but really 
like nothing's different about it on the surface. All of it's inferred. And like the fact that it's able to do that so well, um, like there's a scene that involves an argument and you, what you do to interact in that argument, you could continually just like keep going, keep going, keep going. And, and basically it's the equivalent of like, you know, interacting in a scene that involves you screaming at somebody else and trying to talk over and get that like mm. upper hand. Yeah. However, that is totally optional. And you, you guys know me. I don't like to raise my voice. I mean, I do, but over like stupid shit. Like, Alien Soldier uh, could be one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is going to be gonna say it, in but... Sega Genesis Classics, by the way. And I cannot fucking. He, he... I just want to make hey, sure. Hey, man. George is now boycotting this officially. No, I'm not. I'm going to. Have fun platinuming gonna... it then, yeah. Oh. I don't cool, have cool. that fucking time. He will. He, he will he, sure you Sarah, do. you will have to share play it for him. Oh, I guess I will. Yeah. I, you know, people have been asking me to play it again. I'll fucking do it, and I'll probably do a better job. But I'll beat that game. At, Fuck that at, game. I can beat Cuphead as long as I can beat Cuphead as long like as, as fucking Sean dudes around for it because he was around for the original. Uh, bring it, bring dude, it back yeah. for that. Such a, such a fucking awful game. Anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't. So there, there's a, there's an option to where, like, you know, instinctively. And intuitively, you 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 almost like you're almost trained to, um, just add back to it, contribute, like you know, like fuck that, like and, and try to also compete because you know you're trying to do that. But there is an option where you can remain silent, and actually, what will happen is she will recede back within the argument, and she will just be berated, and she looks horribly sad. But at the same time, I think you can also infer that like she's. I mean, two wrongs don't make a right. Or, like, maybe that's not how it goes. And at the end, like, everybody still feels shitty. And, like, the fact that I was able to have that kind of freedom in that direction, I mean, it didn't have to be me screaming back. But, like, everyone has a different way of going about it. And the fact that the game kind of gave me that and, and showed me something that, that is so interpretive that I was able to infer my own meaning, like, really spoke to Tesman. That's why I, I love the illusion of choice. Because there's no true choice ever in these sorts of games and we've discussed that several times in previous podcasts but here i i think it did so so well especially within the minimal uh format that i had um i've definitely played uh some other games uh, the only other game i want to talk about i want to talk about secret of mana uh reviews coming out that very shortly but i i do not get the hate that this remake has um i it's really not that bad the thing that really is jarring that I hate because like there's actually there's a lot I, I do want to talk about it and and like it's gonna I'm making it a point to punctuate it in my review. Um, people don't really get that this is the definitive version of Secret of Mana because the the history behind Secret of Mana is it was supposed to be a launch title for the Nintendo PlayStation back when it was in the works and after that was scaled back and and like they couldn't do it, they had to cut almost sixty percent of Secret of Mana out and a lot of that had to do with narrative. Uh, the the narrative of expositional scenes, uh, which also led to the shitty and rushed uh localization, uh, of uh, translating the script and dubbing it for well, not dubbing it, but making it uh English friendly. So, yeah, I don't even think Ted Woolsey did it. I think it was handled by like some other guy. No, but they almost all the dialogue, give or take. Uh, is like a lot of the 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 scripting is all lifted from the SNES cla uh original. Sans the uh the names, so the original names that were intended, like uh Randy, Prim, and Papoy, and even like uh P Pamela versus Fana, 
and all that, they're all in the remake. Um, but in addition to that, the a lot of the uh, things that they had planned for um, the original, like the uh, the original had moments where they were supposed the characters were supposed to have conversations with one another and uh, kind of talk about like the current events, like during end stays and stuff like that, like stuff that they had originally planned. That all makes it into the remake. And plus, the remake also optimizes a lot of some of the other shit. Like, it has an autosave, so you don't have to worry about saving it ends. Like, at first, I'm just like, man, it's stupid that they stuck with this, like, our archaic design. But it has an autosave. Uh, which is great, because the game has crashed a couple times, and it's Ooh. pissed me off. Um, but also, uh, while the ring system is pretty novel, um, it has uh, some uh, macro settings where you can just do an, a, 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 a quick button assignment. So, like, uh, those moments that ask for the axe or the whip, instead of it going in and out of your ring, say, for example, if you want to, like, rely on using, like, me, I'm traditional. I like using the mana sword. I don't fuck with the, like, I, I use the other two characters to fuck with weapons. Um, the fact that I can quick switch between that without, like, leaving in and out of the, um, the menu rings was uh, pretty novel. And, dude, it's a beautiful game. Um, the animation is choppy and lazy. Uh, and there's some other stuff that kind of pissed me off. And some of the musical arrangements are, whoa, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> some of it got, like, into dubstep territory. And I'm just like, whoa, this is so not, none of this resonates with. But, like, a lot of people don't realize is you have the option to not use the uh, modernized arranged version of the soundtrack. You can go to the classic soundtrack in the, in the options. So, again, it almost makes it a non-issue. So I really don't mm. get the hate. That's I mean, like this. I was never a big fan of the soundtrack to begin with. There's something that didn't really resonate with me in the beginning. So I, I don't think I'm going to take much offense to any of these arrangements. I mean, some of them are really good. Like the Water Temple arrangement is ooh. fucking, oh, it's. Oh, it, I want to. What I really want to hear is the uh, the Crystal Forest. It. I'm not there yet. Um, or the Ice Palace. Oh. Also not, like, uh, where I'm at at the moment, because, again, I've played this game in and out, so, like, you know, I, I have all of my memories to go off of from there, but, like, based on, like, just getting through the first couple of hours, um, I've also noticed, though, because uh, uh, in a really cool twist, because of the, the way I have my game set up, or my, my rig, um, I'm playing the remake... Uh, for review, but uh, I have a CRT television with a, a SNES and Secret of Mana hooked below where uh, my girlfriend Val is playing while right alongside me. Uh, and it's also not only has been it's been cool to um, expose her to it and she's gotten really into it, but it's also really neat because I can use that as a reference point to contrast and compare. We did the same thing for uh, Wonder Boy. Uh, she played it on oh, the yeah. master system on the bottom TV and then I played the uh, the lizard cube remake uh on the switch um and i've noticed that the difficulty curve uh has definitely been scaled back for the remake because there's a lot of points where her ai um even with the same equipment or whatnot they just uh i don't know she was having a rougher time and what's weirder is that she spent way more time grinding in certain areas like she's ahead of me in levels but like her ai is struggling a little bit more so it while people don't want to say like, oh, they've done nothing to AI, there's there's got to be something. We're playing these games back to back, and like I, she's actually doing more than I am. Um, granted, though, uh, her action grid 
Uh, she had to tool around with a bit more before she re- like she made her companions a bit more aggressive, and then that like helped her get by. And like I don't really, you don't really get that sort of like they've really scaled the the complexity of that back, but for the better because like you know when you look at this like really weird looking grid, you're just like, what the fuck does any of this even mean? And the game has absolutely no in game um tutorial or explanation of it. Like that's all been reserved for the manual. Then yeah, uh. I, I would say that if you really want to get, like, what uh, Mana was supposed to be, but just get so it's some really weird, like, Kingdom Hearts-ass 3D-rendered graphics, um, definitely go for it. Uh, and it's the price point is fair as fuck. And, like, the physical edition is also, like, it's it's a nice, elegantly simple package. So yeah. I, I'm for it. I'll have a review very soon up, so that kind of goes more in my thoughts. I, I just, I just um, kind of like that that game was mentioned where we're talking about a topic that also was kind of a way to access that game oh yeah oh yeah very very difficult game to get a hold of but once that was available digitally it was kind of a big deal and now we're kind of seeing the evolution of that with a physical now is this a it's a it's a remastered it can be digital or physical but is it a remastered version then essentially yes. okay I just want to make... it's a it's a not I not mean... not like a remake no, it's kind of a full, remake, to be oh, okay. fair. Full remake. Okay. Okay, yeah. good, good. Remaster I mean, would just, like, a remaster would be kind of like what it is on the SNES Classic in a couple of ways. I mean, Oh, that's right. It is on the SNES Classic. Yeah, I forgot about that. Huh. Yeah. And it would well, be, because there's parts, I'm sure, where the screen flashes that they would have to- toned down a bit. But no Chrono Trigger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Which they've done a lot for Virtual Console, and again, that goes into the future sure. topic. But, mm, yeah. um... Last game I really want to talk about, and I'm really excited. Um, and I've I've kind of like bowled it over, and I have, I don't know, because like ever since, and really, dude, props to Sarah, uh, Sarah and Aaron from uh, Sunken Treasure Games, which hopefully they're listening to this right now. Like, they kept going on and on about like George, you need to play Yakuza, like because I love Shenmue as much as I do, and really, with all the time that I've spent like going back, and especially like kind of like dive, like just divesting myself into this and like really getting committed i i kind of almost want to say like i think i have a deeper appreciation for yakuza now than like what i do for shenmue i mean shenmue is always gonna have a special place in my heart but like mechanically and just everything that you can only see that shenmue aspired to be but like is done through yakuza it dude that's one of my it's just become one of my favorite properties ever and like six really really doubles down on the fan service but also does so in a really i don't know it's in a way that six is only great. yakuza could do right yeah exactly i was about to say six kind of plays it safe almost in a really weird like yakuza six gets weird even for yakuza like i mean and, and i don't know if it spoils the game at all but i see him with like a uh uh you know a a smaller a baby. Yeah, okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, he's like, no, he's like um, carrying this shit around. Miniaturized Yakuza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, and again, it's really, really difficult because I can't. I don't want to talk about that uh-huh. too much that's because fair. plot-wise, sure, sure. Um, it's almost, it's almost like a wolf and its cub kind of like that's what I get from that. Do, 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 absolutely. Do you get that? Okay, and then yeah. in that, there's a lot of moments actually. I think we can well, we can talk about it. Like the embargo's been lifted, so. I don't want to spoil too much, but, like, the Yakuza games have always centered on the relationship between uh, Kiryu and Haruka, which is uh, Haruka's adoptive daughter. And 
like throughout these games, like there's always been like something that's kept them like at a distance as they grow like closer with one another, even though they, they ultimately they just want to have a life together and they kind of want to leave behind. At this point, like whatever disenchantment that Kirio had in uh, Yakuza 5 with the uh, criminal underworld, like it is like super doubled down and like he is just trying to leave it and like he he just keeps getting pulled back in where he doesn't want to just because he has a sense of honor to it still like there's a lot of points where he just he he keeps emphasizing i'm a civilian like this is like this shit is so beneath me but then they're they like play at that and like okay well i mean if it is then what are you doing here i'm just like it's the honorable thing to do i'm like what the fuck like so it, it it really plays at his personality, and I think especially with those who've like kind of committed and, and played along that. Um, Yakuza Six actually has a really neat uh, moment too, where because it literally picks up at the climax of five, and all the things that happen in five have big ramifications um, with what goes on going into six. But I I really think narratively. Um, Yakuza 6 kind of like really doesn't care about being subtle anymore like there there are moments in like Kiwami especially and I think they kind of did that with Kiwami and Zero but like there the stretches that they had where um there was like a few scenes of exposition and some other scenes it has gone full fucking Shenmue now like there are like anywhere between five to ten minutes like of straight cutscenes and dialogue and exposition but it's done in a really gripping way, especially if you've like stuck with it. Gameplay wise, um, it's kind of getting as uh ambitious as five. Like there's not as many um small little hub areas that are open world this time. I mean, Karomocho is back, so they brought back Komorocho. Um, but they also have this other like little soft like uh seaport town called Onomichi. Um, and I. I do enjoy like some of the neat things you can do in Onomichi uh that that aren't available in Kamurocho but like they've they've introduced so many other layers like um the experience system is now different to where instead of um and I believe they did something like this in in previous Yakuza games but like they they went back to this model to where there's five different areas of uh experience you can get uh brute uh evasive experience agility uh charm and just flat out experience and based on what you do uh will earn you back those experience but like um i think one of my favorite activities you can do is you can actually get a gym membership <laughs> and then you can no get some gta get a, shit right <laughs> no 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 but you get a gym membership and you can get a personal trainer and based on <laughs> what exercise equipment you work with uh, each exercise equipment will get you back that um that uh like group of experience and you can even buy supplements that are centered around that group of experience, but you can go back to the gym and then you can, and they're all different mini games or exercise mini games, but they all actually have an effect to where they get you back a certain amount of experience. Uh, after you do those exercises, your personal trainer will then give you a dietary plan where he'll say, okay, your dietary plan for this is I want you to eat something with lean chicken, like lean chicken, nothing else. So then that's the only clue I'll give you. There are several different restaurants within the Kamurocho where you have to go when you sit down and eat. He'll actually take a picture of the food he orders and then send it to his dietary, uh, like personal trainer, who then he, when you go back to the gym, he'll let you know if you fucked up 
or if you did well and based on that performance you'll then get like a certain payout of experience so the gym really helps especially if you're trying to build like different aspects there's uh there's certain categories that you can spend your experience points towards just overall stats uh the techniques which uh previous yakuza games you had different fighting styles mm -hmm. now there's no different fi fighting styles it's just one style and different maneuvers and like different things you can do just in in one list of techniques mm -hmm. So you can do that, or you can build uh, other, like, perks. Like, you can level up, like, the likelihood of fortune on, like, you know, how much money you'll get back from uh, random mob encounters. You'll get, uh, you can level up, like, how your your threshold for alcohol tolerance. You can level up, like, a lot of different things, but uh, it gives you the most freedom I think it's ever given you with uh, this game. And everything else was really structured and linear here. You can really make Kiryu exactly what you want. Nice. Um, and <clears throat> because the, uh, one of those experience points uh, is charm, a lot of that comes from the sub-stories. So before, sub-stories were always like this fun distraction that got you back a lot of experience, but they weren't as, I, I would say, necessary to like how you would grow Kiryu. They're way more, way more vital because you don't get... There's only so much you can get out of the main story uh, missions, so a lot of them you do have to do the sub-stories. And they're even more fucking ridiculous than they were. Like, they all have that weird Japanese charm that they have mm -hmm. before, but, like, one like the, that was showcased in the demo was about this, uh, like, AI assistant, very much like, you know, Siri or Google that, like, they develop a version of, except this one, like, the one that Kiryu gets uh, becomes sentient and doesn't want to die because Kiryu doesn't like that she gets sentient and he's trying to delete her and he won't let her. <laughs> so he actually, uh, she actually sends people after Kiryu to like fight him and prevent him from deleting shit, her. Some Skynet shit. Yeah. It, it, but it's hilarious. Like yeah. the whole, like, I think in, as far as the fan service and then like circling back, like there was some Dead Souls fan service in um, Kiwami. Um, everything that they've kind of like, like, refined in zero and then doubled down in Akiwami, they've definitely brought back for six in, in such a like engaging way. And it's crazy too, because like this game doesn't even release, like you said, until April and like Sega like gave us so much of a headway to like cover it. And there's so much to do. Like I've just scratched the service on what I'm talking about. There's a mission where you can um help a cat cafe owner, like build a, uh like, an actual roster of cats because he opens up this cat cafe and only has one cat and there there isn't much in it. So there is a side quest where like that that lasts throughout the game where you buy cat food and you're basically trying to uh enchant cats. You're trying to like get them to be affectionate towards you and you're building that through like various motions of pets or certain types of food that you feed them. All dependent on breeds of cats that you run into. <laughs> of these Neko chans. Um instead of the cabarets, there this is the part that was kind of questionable. Uh, there are now um, live streaming cafe clubs where you can, instead of, you know, watching girls dance, you can go to an internet cafe and watch a, a, a lady uh, stream for you. And, like, the mini game involves you typing in a certain amount or doing a certain button combination of uh, QuickTime Access, and it'll represent some of the more, like, uh, horny responses that you will put. <laughs> Uh, to do and but the thing that's Quick really time, settling mm -hmm. about this <laughs> is that it like the the arrangement is like um an actual internet chat service like a cam girl service, but the footage that's used is an actual woman. Whoa, yeah, okay. and like 
it's tame enough to where it doesn't show anything that would push the M rating, but they really skirt the edges of the like, M rating. And it's, it's almost like slight, this it's is act- pretty pretty uncomfortable. I would think just right. Yeah, yeah, it's a little smutty yeah, yeah, yeah. actually because I didn't mind the cabaret clubs because it was very much like a oh like. You know, this is virtual. This is like, you know, it it was so innocuous, like in the grand scheme of it, because it's the equivalent of like, you know, a, a car shaking in Grand Theft Auto. Like there, there was a lot of something. There was a lot of implications and suggestions there, but here you're seeing like a chat window going nuts mm-hmm. and people like, you know, egging on this woman who is it? Like they got a real woman to play along and pantomime a scene involved, like for the yeah, and it's weird. I was. I, and it sucked. I don't want to. I didn't want to play it. That's like probably my biggest critique yeah. out of all the mini games. And there's a shitload of mini games. Like all the other mini games from the previous entries, like Pocket Circuit Racing, uh, the baseball. Well, baseball's now been fleshed out into an actual, like almost a baseball coach simulate, okay. like very, very simulation light, like um, like the way the football coach games you'd imagine work, where you're kind of like just uh directing a roster mm-hmm. and going through, um. Based on certain arrangements and st- it's it's mostly a stat game, um. So it's barely even baseball, and then there'll be a few moments when Kiryu goes up to bat that it takes the same baseball batting mechanics. But like, I like that they kind of evolved that. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is uh, and I'm sure Andrew is really excited for it. Um, all the New Japan Pro Wrestling dudes yeah. that make an appearance, they nice. are um, yeah. They've got a really, like, a bleach ass, if you're familiar with that fucking weeb-ass anime, like, approach to it, to where Okada is the captain of this gang known as Justice. And, like, all of these other wrestlers, Naito, Tanahashi, uh, Yano, and I think I spotted Ibushi, and then, uh, like, a, one we weren't familiar we, with, I think, because I, I, I couldn't tell if it was Bad Luck Fail I think or, it's Ishii, I think. Yeah, it, but they kind of represent, like, captains and they're they're treated as such they're captains that you have to overcome and beat before you can work your way up to Alcada. yeah um and like it's like all the personality of of each of these wrestlers are there like they especially like they touch upon how much that Okada makes it rain yeah yeah and every it, time legit, Okada, like, yeah yeah money. he'll do that and then like <laughs> explosions of cash just and, like fall and, and, around and, like, and he does the rainmaker too like he like yes. legit does that yeah so, and, like, they've kind of included that in a clan maker system that's going to be, like, the first, like, major online. And, like, it sucks because at this time, like, because, like, only press really have copies of Yakuza 6, uh, I can't really dive into the multiplayer aspect of it. But um, you can essentially build, like, it's very, like, Clash of the Clans, like, tower defense light, um, where you basically recruit different types of classes of gang members, and then you're you're sending them in droves, like, like it's very tactical RPG light, like but like mobile light. Actually, I want to say like very stark. Is it happening? Is, like, is it happening in real time, or is it just when you're playing the game? The stuff's occurring. Or is no, it's real it's time. It's happening like even when you're not playing the game. Yeah, and then like captains like Kiryu, for example, like if you activate his special ability, he'll give all of your troops like enhanced attack. Uh, some of the other characters that they in- introduce within the group that that's a part of the Justice sub storyline, uh, they'll have healing powers. They'll have uh, endurance powers. And, like, um, you actually, like, you have to, like, the more you play, the more you're able to build your, your, your troops. So you can do two types of play. You can do the multiplayer play, which then can carry over into the story aspect of play where you're actually, you know, you're fighting, like, the, the, 
the opposition of justice. And every time you reach a certain point, you reach a captain. Like the the first one I'm working against right now is Yano, which man, by the way, they made that that thick boy buff. Like they made that thick boy way buffer and way more serious than that motherfucker actually is. So um, I'm really enjoying that. I thought he would kind of play. I the the game makes it to where he plays a really big role. I thought he played a bigger role, but he plays a. The, the, it's weird. It's it's almost like he, that whole part of the campaign could be its own campaign within itself because they talk about like um like how Okada is kind of taken over the Kamurocho. Um, there's basically two types of like criminal um powers in Kamurocho: the yakuza or what's become of the yakuza, and then the gangs, which are all led by Okada. So hmm. it's great. Um, I. If you're, if anyone's a fan of Yakuza Six, definitely. Like I, I don't have anything finalized yet, but it's probably, it's shaping out to become one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Though the thing that makes it one of my favorites definitely stems in the fact that, like, um, I, I have the familiarity of the other um, Yakuza games. I think it still does pretty well to stand on its own. But speaking of which, they just announced this past week the release date for Kiwami Two. So, like, that's going to be kind of on the heels of that as well. Which yeah. is good, because now people and can experience I... that, like, in... Because, you know, you had Zero, and now you're going to have to try to go and play through, uh, the you know, the timeline-wise. Zero, kill me, kill me two, and then three, four, five, and now six. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I... What's funny is Molly, uh, a friend of ours who uh, currently at EGM, uh, she reviewed... Uh, Yakuza 6 for EGM and uh, she actually revealed in review this was my very first Yakuza game mm-hmm. and um, she kind of like again she she went into it but at the same time like there's that like I, I really she enjoyed from what I gathered from her review she really dug it but like if anything the game like does a really good job of making you like I really need to go back and play that which is weird. I think it rewards like think... the fans of, of you know the series up to this point like it can introduce new players and it can embrace new players but if you've been a fan of the series and you've been steadfast in playing the games then there's just so much more there to reward you with i'm sure yeah and like that kind of makes more sense because uh it's also supposed to be the last one wow so interesting i and i, I don't know that i, just don't I did see not that how know that... but i guess it kind of like he, he he's becoming an old man now you know it's it's you know yeah, it, somewhere. there's only, and they, they touch on that a yeah. lot too, like his age. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Um, I think of anything, there's still, cause there's still that like samurai spinoff that they haven't even brought locally. I, but I don't think they will cause I think Dead Souls sold really it bad. It did not do well. <laughs> no, it did not. Uh, I yeah. did not know of a samurai spinoff. That's interesting. Yeah, there's a spinoff to where, like, just like Dead Souls, I'm like, what if it's we like, take it, all of these it's characters like and Japan. set up, but it's in the Edo era. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's, it's like, Yakuza is so big over there. Oh, God, yeah. It, like, it's like, well, fuck, it was Monster Hunter. Same way, and now they're both kind of getting a resurgence here in the States, or at least getting the, in my opinion, the respect they deserve in America now. You know, I mean, they've been established franchises for such a long time in Japan, but now this audience is starting to finally embrace it. So, yeah, that's good. And I'm happy. And I'm happy to report it is 
it is everything. It is more of what you love, and then some. Good. There's some weird moments, but otherwise, like I, I would say it's it stands as the best so far, just from what I've played. There's so much more I want to talk about, mm-hmm. um, but I can't. So I will definitely have a review ready, um, soon. And the game's releasing in uh, April, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Cool. But let's go ahead and I think that's it. That's all we have to really talk about there. So let's dive into the feature topic. It's still really weird because, like, I, the more I think about it, the more I realize that, like, uh, the We Shop channel, in a, in a sense, we wear it was kind of a staple of this show for a while, at least within the early half um, of it. And I think also, like, I, I remember early on asking about, like, like, this game I was interested in or you would make a recommendation of a game. And I remember that the access that was available through the We Shop channel... Uh, through this exact podcast, and also I think I would also probably give a a, a lot of uh, I guess kudos to like Retronauts. I, I think that Retronauts kind of embraced a lot of those titles and kind of at least for me gave me the knowledge of games I wasn't exposed to before, and I could actually access now through that library that was available. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a it was a learning experience to find some of that content that I didn't have the hardware to play nor the knowledge to know what it was at all i it it, like just the history about it and like just i don't know some of the ambitions that nintendo had with it uh were really novel at the time because like uh at the time like when people were first gearing up for uh the wii like a big part of like a lot of the anticipation for back when it was known as the revolution was that this uh system was supposed to be backwards compatible with all the previous cartridges and, and uh, software of Nintendo's previous uh, uh, yeah. libraries and hardware. They called and, it like ultimate backward compatibility or something like that, yeah. Right. And then, of course, like the logistics and the cost of that, uh, it kind of just manifested Not feasible. Into, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It, it then resurfaced as the virtual console. And it's really weird, too, because like unlike anything else that you'll ever see even like in in free emulators or or any of the um I don't know the ZNA ports that we'll see of any other re-releases or whatnot the virtual console games themselves are very special in the fact that they all have unique emulators for each of them um and that like they all they they all kind of run in in a way that is trying to closely emulate like the way they originally ran on original hardware as close as possible, especially like some of the Genesis games and how they uh, work with interlaced layers and transparency. Um, I I really, in fact, I, I really want to emphasize for those like those weird like uh, visual like snobs who are like into like just like the most are accurate resolution or the prettiest resolution they can, anything outside of RGB. 
uh, with component cables are probably going to get the best picture they can out of the releases uh, that are available on Virtual Console as we speak. Um, but yeah, it started off with NES, uh, and Super NES, and Nintendo 64, uh, Sega Genesis, and TurboGrafx-16. And then it gradually expanded from there. It expanded into Neo Geo. Uh, then after Neo Geo, it expanded into Sega Master System. And help me out, Sarah. I'm trying to remember that I make sure I get them all. Virtual Console Arcade. And then yep. Commodore 64, which that one's the weirdest one. It um, That was completely uh, taken off. Uh, a lot of these titles were rescinded, but um, that one's completely removed. If I'm not 100% uh, mistaken, I think there were also Game Gear games that were... There were. Yeah. yeah. And that was also taken off. I want to say that there were some Game Gear games. Um, and then uh, finally arcade, like arcade JAMA titles. Um, and then this Nintendo was the first one to really do any of this. I mean, back when the 360 was first out and like they were kind of experimenting, like, I mean, even before like Undertow and like Limbo and stuff like that, like there were... Like, I think Braid was probably the highest profile digital only release. And even then, it was still a very weird territory. And, and they were kind of going that same route. I want to say, like, Konami Classics was a thing where, like, you can play uh, Super Contra and you can also play Symphony of the Night. And if I'm not mistaken, that was some of the earlier releases. But it wasn't until Nintendo kind of, like, tried to uh, modernize this concept and, like, make it a thing that we kind of saw them take off. And, and it's really weird out of all of them. I mean, granted, they definitely didn't have the architecture or the um, the resources to really, like, give us the more robust uh, experience that, we that like, you know, the technology at the time could have afforded. But they were also, like, probably the most forward-thinking in that regard where they, they at least attempted to kind of deliver games like this and have a distribution model like this. Um, was Xbox Live Arcade before or after the Wii? It was before, yeah. I would, I would think but, that was like, well, what Wii Shop was like two thousand nine, two thousand seven. Wow, seven. Oh, yeah. Shit. Well, well, no, I did oh, it, yeah, it seven, did launch right. with the Wii. No, it launched with the Wii, so two thousand six. Damn. Yeah. So maybe it was before the three sixty came out in oh four two thousand five five. Okay. Yeah. I think there's yeah. launched in 2006 as well. Like it was limited. You had stuff like um, what was or that dumb the, one there? Like, dumb dumb like, like like Hexic HD or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that weird troll game. I forget what it was called. Um, and of course, uh, Geometry Wars. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. And then aside from Geometry Wars, I mean, it, Virtual Console kind of like it was November 22nd of 2005 is yeah. when Xbox Live Arcade wow. became launched mm-hmm. and you were able um I think one of the initial games was Uno. Oh maybe yeah. if I'm mistaken. Oh, was it, yes, was, did yeah. they have the camera support where you could show your dong right away or was that later? Yeah. <laughs> oh dude, oh, I totally God. forgot about that goddamn <laughs> camera that they discontinued so quickly. So quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but there's it's really weird like just how much of an impact that virtual console had like on the on the outset and like what it did um and then like what it inspired like from microsoft and sony and then in turn nintendo then tried to play catch up on their own because it wasn't until later 
that they're, uh, Nintendo decided, hey, we want to give independent developers a, a, a format and a platform that they can also release their stuff on as well. Uh, we're going to do that through WiiWare. And like one of the launch titles for WiiWare was World of Goo, which uh, I believe there was nowhere else. There was also, like it had a lot of promise. I, if people don't, like people tend to forget that Mega Man 9 first launched on oh, yeah. WiiWare. It was a WiiWare right. exclusive yeah. before yeah. it then came to PlayStation Network and uh, Xbox Live Arcade. Interesting uh, aside, too, the uh, the guys behind World of Goo uh, actually brought World of Goo and a couple of their other games as launch titles for the Switch's online store as well. Hmm. Straight yeah, off the a, hop. There's a lot of games that, like, still, like, even in, there, there's a lot of shovelware. Like, there's yeah. fucking droves upon droves of shovelware. And, like, like if you thought Xbox Live Indie... Uh, like section was pretty bad. <laughs> I guarantee you, for every weird, like bullshit dating, like Minecraft clone you'll find in that section, you'll find something eerily worse in uh, the the WiiWare library. Um, but there were still a lot of limitations, and also like weirdly enough, like a lot of indemnities that were missing, that kind of just showed that Nintendo was still kind of far behind. Like there was no real um demo, uh, like. No real demo modes for any of these. In fact, uh, what was really weird was at the time of release uh, where, like, Nintendo really... Well, that Back when they actively gave a shit about Virtual Console, um, they actually made, like, the trophies in Smash Brothers Brawl uh, incentive to where you can then play, uh, like, three minutes of, like, select titles for the characters you're hailing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, it kind of, it's interesting because you kind of mentioned that. I remember Virtual Console, for me, kind of went hand-in-hand hand with uh, the that at the time current iteration of club nintendo and i just remember you know the club nintendo incentives like uh doc lewis's punch out i remember being one uh for, for like one year you got the downloaded copy of uh punch out but you fought you know the coach and uh there was other things like that that were like exclusive to club nintendo if i'm not mistaken wasn't there uh i want to say there was another downloadable thing that you got for like club nintendo Ultra no, Hand. It was, what, was that the only one they had at the time? I thought there was something else they offered at, at one point. They offered like the Tingle game for DS, uh-huh. but like there was there was that, a there was a WiiWare version of the of the Ultra Hand that Nintendo had made in the seventies. Oh, you're yeah, right. Yeah. And then like, okay, fuck, I totally forgot about that. Jesus. But um, I just remember that being. I remember was... that being synonymous. Like for me, like that time was like Club Nintendo, like downloadable content and, and games, and then you know. The, the virtual console itself. Like, I access a lot of titles just from that alone. I mean, but there's so many others. Like, they went in strong on World of Goo, mm-hmm. uh, Lost Winds, which I, you guys, and, and we, we kind of want to take this opportunity, too, to make recommendations, like, maybe, you know, hand in hand, a yeah, <laughs> and a PSA. Like, you cannot get these games. Like, you have a week to get these so, games. And then, I'm not like, sure if that's correct. I think you have till the end of that time to put funds in your account. I think you can still purchase until January. No, but you can't purchase. That's the thing. If you, there's no other way to put funds in your account. Oh, you. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, fuck. That's why I was mentioning oh, that. Like see, that, after that, March 26, yeah, you're not gonna buy these games. The network is just gonna hang open like a rotting wound. Oh. It's gonna be like a weird open casket <sighs> weird. where you get to watch this. I, I thought you could at least go. Why not just bury it? Right? I thought you could at least go and buy. The only monetary microtransaction-based uh, currency that has points instead of the money amount now, 
because Microsoft was doing that, then they dropped that whole thing. This is the only currency where you buy points, and it's like 800 points is 10 bucks. Like, you have to kind of come up with this weird yep. conversion calculator to figure out how much it is. And there's no physical <laughs> vouchers available no, at all, they, like, they, anywhere. They, and they, I don't I don't even know if there's a way that it'll be able to be accepted. I was going to say, they scrapped the cards and then just kind of went with just eShop stuff from there on out, which does not work on the Virtual Console for the Wii. So don't buy yeah. eShop cards and it's going to work. It does not. <laughs> it no, it does, does not. 100%. But, like, there... It, it, it's weird, too, because I, I, I think what it is is they're giving... I think they're giving people that extra time because there's another big, big flaw with the Wii uh, hardware architecture that none of the other systems had to deal with until now, actually, mm-hmm. uh, which is now it's a huge flaw that's presently here, is a storage. And um, it, it, I think they're giving people the opportunity to curate because once you purchase something, you can delete it and then you can go back to either your purchase history or the you know the listing of the game on the network as long as it's still there, of course, uh, if it hasn't been removed. I mean, it's like they also have a PT situation to where once it's off, I mean, you can't even get it from your purchase history. So there's even things that you have to be careful what to delete and what not to delete. But um, I think they're giving owners a chance to kind of curate what they want to keep before like everything's taken offline, mm-hmm. which is kind of sad, just given that there's um, there are a lot of high-profile releases here. Um, like one th- there's so many to list but like i mean just the WiiWare titles exclusively like i think one of the best mr driller games mr driller w um is only available we wear and i i hope that's still available um there's also fluidity um another game that was the precursor to i believe the neo fast game for switch uh fast racing um, which I, th- I think it's done by the same people. And then even Square, like, got in it, like, heavy with, uh, Final Fantasy My Life as a King. Um, yeah. which was also mm-hmm. available. There was also the very <clears throat> first release of Pokemon Rumble, uh, before it had, uh, subsequent releases on Wii U and 3DS. Final uh, Fantasy IV, the After Years? Yeah, the After Year. Oh my god. Which, if you were one of those idiots, this fucking guy, who purchased over $60 uh, worth of additional content to get all the goddamn. Yeah. Like, if you. Ooh. You could. By the way, you can just get this game now on PSN, I believe. Like And Steam. And yeah, yeah. and Steam. Like, fuck. And, like, like, okay, keep in mind that, like, what made. Like, what made such an impact is the fact that, yeah, you can really go back and trace, like, virtual con well, mostly virtual console we were at that point when like i i feel like it, it was a it was kind of a, a set of chain reactions where i feel like virtual console kind of set like uh kind of brought to light like the awareness that like there's a model for this like there there are people who will buy games digitally and which then in turn microsoft and uh sony like went hand in hand like kind of dipping down into original content that nintendo then had to play catch up with um, and then that kind of started that, but like, there's also been would-be pretenders. Like, if anybody's remembered Microsoft's game room fiasco, hey, I, my 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 heart still aches for that. I enjoyed that thoroughly. I did. I too, certainly did. But like, it, it had so much potential. N- think about like where that came from. Like, that, oh, in was... response to yes, of yeah. course, absolutely. It was an absolute Ca- Capcom arcade, whatever. Capcom arcade cabinet or whatever that was that that was a train wreck, but I think that was kind of Abs- in in response to that kind of content, yeah. 
And like, you know, it's weird because like now that we've got a, we've moved away, um, from just like analog output where everything is you know, like purely digital through HDMI, it's really weird because like the Wii is the last vestige of of getting like uh the closest thing to like an RGB output without like going digital, and like other than like a weird, I mean. Sarah, you're our tech guy, so you really gotta correct me if I fuck up or or blunder. But um, well, to start, RGB is actually a lower resolution than is possible through uh, component. Really, I thought they yeah. were hand in hand. No, a component can go all the way up to 1080i. Oh yeah, and RGB yeah. can only do like uh, 480 at the most. Yeah, 480i. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, in response to like something close, like just doing the contrast and compare, I think. Um, Virtual Console also did like something where a lot of people don't even realize, but it optimized a lot of like there were so many little optimizations. Like um, Star Tropics, for example, uh, had a, a moment in the game where you uh, were dependent on using the packaged map and actually to dip that letter. Or no, it was a letter. You had yeah. to dip it underwater to like get the next clue where you had to go. Yeah, it would there was reveal actually... like invisible ink. Yes. Uh, there's a virtual, or virtual, a, a virtual version of that, um, that you can do through the digital manual that you can access at any time. That's another thing that, like, there is such a, like, a loving touch to these games, cause, like, all of, nearly all of them had, like, a, either their own new manual, or some of them even had, like, a digital recreation of their original manual scanned in. Mm. Funny um, enough, Star Tropics is one of the games that you recommended for me to buy on the console. Like on this very show, like that was one that was recommended, which is nuts to me. It oh just, yeah, it it's also it one of our first play plays. Uh, yeah, when we first started doing video content, which goddamn, I love that game. Why we need a new Star Tropics? Like I don't give a fuck what Shane Bettenhausen has. <laughs> I was to gonna say. say, was it Shane Bettenhausen that knocked it? Because like I didn't agree with that at all. Yeah, I. No way, man. One of the, the one of the finest Western developments ever. Um. But yeah, there was a lot of a lot of games that you really couldn't like. I think what was really cool is at some point, like Nintendo finally got brave with it, and they started uh, working with developers who like as long like the the one challenge that like I think they really brushed up against is like who retained the rights to what. And like as we saw, it saw a lot of releases that were put up were like you know shortly taken down, and kind of just showed like the finality of digital distribution like at what point what rights do consumers have to owning something and we've we've gone into that discussion before but i really enjoyed like uh for owners or somebody who dabbled in again this guy sega channel to kind of see like exclusives that you'd never find in sega channel before like pulse man or the utter weird stupid garbage trash that is alien soldier um twice in one episode I, I, did alien soldier ever come in I don't like. I just remember like only one when I find out. Yeah, did no, just yeah, no. That was released on Sega Channel. Europe yeah. and Japan got it physically. Yeah, those poor guys. Anyway, um, but yeah, yeah, those poor guys and their cartridges that are worth like a thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Poor a lot, souls. That was that, that's gonna kind of segue into what I really want to go into <laughs> is a lot of these games are worth hundreds upon hundreds of dollars that ironclad like, for the neo geo Whew, yeah yeah you cannot feasibly s- 
spend this amount of money responsibly. Like, I'm gonna go ahead and and share a little tidbit, and I and I say this, and I and I say this with my heart pouring out to Sarah because I know he recently ran into some heartache with this particular purchase, and I feel for you, buddy. But like, wish me the best of luck. I am buying through a, a verified owner a copy of Saga. Um, and I'm doing it in installment plans. This dude is working with me for me to fucking pay him oh. hundo, hundo bucks a month. And cause like yeah. I, yeah, I'm going to spend over $600 on this fucking game. Yeah. And I'm going to do so because at, presently at this time, it is not available in any other format. And like the emulation involved, you, you can't even, it like, can't be done. Yeah. So yeah, really are you going to like somehow get this to like Frank Savaldi and just be like, all right, like just do what you have to do with this? I think he has okay, a copy. Gotcha. <laughs> I, I'll never forget. I will never forget. The very first time we met Frank Savaldi as a podcast, as a group, was our very first PAX where we were just eyeing the uh, the marketplace and he just fucking shoves us aside and just like, are you guys going to buy that copy of Snatcher? Because if you don't, I'm going to fucking buy it. <laughs> get the fuck then, out like, of my way. Yeah. You know who Sean I am. and Sarah are just like... <laughs> Uh, you know, we don't have that kind of money, but if you're really gonna buy it, fucking can do we watch? it. And then you can guys, we watch? Want to watch me can play watch? it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was how... I was going to get Panzer Dragoon Saga at, a, at another Pax East, and uh, the guy right in front of me bought it, and I was really sour about it. Was it Frank Savali? Oh, how much did he buy it for? Two hundred and fifty bucks. It was a steal. Mm. Oh my god! It's you know how much Sarah bought Burning Rangers for at a Pax? Seventy five dollars. Do you know how much that fucking game goes for uh, now? Six hundred dollars. Yeah, dude. Oh man, that's like, not even the best one I've done. Um, I got a copy, two copies of Magic Knight Ray Earth for under a hundred a piece, and those are over a thousand now. Yep, I started yeah. this weird goal of Christ. trying to collect every North American release from the Sega Saturn <laughs> Library, and I'm like thinking more of myself, like. Why didn't it go for the Japanese ones? Why don't why don't <laughs> I mean why don't I just have a kid? That's cheaper. Yeah. Like fucking <laughs> Yeah. It, yeah, you're probably right. I, These days. Uh, oh, I, it, it broke my heart too. <laughs> it it broke my heart too. Like I was going to go and get uh, a copy when I was in Seattle with uh, Gamester 81. But then I found a Duo R that George threatened to deport me to Canada over, so I picked that up. And uh, I would say that I that mean, was probably what, a better purchase. What are you purchase. ultimately happier over? What are you ultimately happier over? The, the duo, obviously, right? Yeah, there we go. But here's the thing. Finally pulled the trigger, found a copy of uh, Panzer Dragoon Saga. Well, in Japan, it's called Azel Panzer Dragoon RPG. Got it in. Disc one, I cool. I saw. Disc two, okay. Disc three, good, good, good. Disc four, the biggest fucking spider crack from the middle of the disc. I did get my money back though, That's thankfully. Good, but, but uh, still, like, you yeah, don't... they they even they even paid for the shipping back, which was upstanding. But yeah, I, I'm I'm now to, at the point now where I'm probably never going to own that fucking game because fate has other plans. I I don't know, man. Wish me the best of luck, because like that's another thing too that kind of speaks to the preservation of these games and what Virtual Console kind of afforded and started. Mm-hmm. Um. Is that like at some point, like all of these baubles that we're spending hundreds of dollars for, like it, like they're all gonna be, they're all gonna succumb to disc rot at some point, and like it, it's a very terrifying thing, and like it's not even a fact of just like the elitist 
Um, like there was an elitism that I think we all naively had like 10 years ago. And now we're just realizing like, you know, it doesn't matter how pristine or how well maintained a lot of these components are. They just, they're going to physically degrade beyond to the point where we can operate them. I yeah, mean, even in arcades, even cartridges too, and arcade machines for that matter, this uh, phenomenon called bit rot, which no one really knows how it happens or why, but you know, one number goes bad and that's the end. You're done. I had a copy of Kirby's Dreamland. All of a sudden, stuff just fling themselves off the screen in random directions. Bit rot. Done. Yeah, it's just like the degradation involved, like, is something beyond, like, to the point where, like, the only way you're really going to be able to enjoy, like, it, it, it's just, it's weird because 10 years ago, like, this is all we had was Virtual Console. And then, like, what it, it it's so sad, too, because it's slowed down to such a crawl. Like, all the promises that Nintendo had. Uh, for Wii U, um, kind of just also just like Wii, kind of middled out and then went nowhere. Yeah, I mean, they, there was they really did fall fall flat. I mean, compared to the Wii, there was there was very very few um, consoles actually supported. But there's new games that are coming out that are just not and like you know Andrew made reference to Retronauts earlier. That's honestly the definitive source for Virtual Console releases at this point because like. Just within the last couple of months, Lords of Thunder for the Turbo Duo and Turbo Graphics 16 CD like came you out. You said that, and I was like, I didn't you... even know they were releasing stuff for that anymore. Like, how? no, it's been actively released uh... like this past year. But and like the fact that like Nintendo, like I what it, Nintendo Nintendo is not talking about two of those consoles. They're only talking about Switch and 3DS. They've aban- they've abandoned Wii and Wii U. Like they will not even mention those two systems. So how do you know? And it's just. It's weird, and like you know, as far as what presence, like the we will have, uh, like virtually going on towards the Switch or even like GameCube and whatnot. It's just I, you know, I want to have faith in what they do with the Switch, but at this point, just like it's it's kind of dying a sad death, and it's it's just sad because like uh, I mean, there's no way to really curate a Saturn collection, uh, uh digitally without like. Well, the files would be massive. First off, yeah, there's it, it. There's there's a lot that goes into the emulation of some of these, and like yeah. Nintendo, uh, kind of started like this this resurgence of of like putting forth that effort, at least giving access to people who might care. But like, it's gotten to the point where, like, going back, like, there's a lot of games here that you're not gonna find anywhere else, like uh, playable, and they probably won't be released again for a long time. I mean, Sin yeah. and Punishment, which. I dare to say that, like, it's caught, it, like, if it was not for Nintendo pulling the trigger on Sin and Punishment being released on Virtual Console and it doing as well as it did, would not have even, like, Nintendo would have even batted a second, like, fucking blink, it would not blink once at, like, not releasing the uh, sequel to yeah. Stateside. But because of oh, that, yeah. it did so, and sadly... While it was commercially received incredibly well, in fact, it's considered one of the best reasons to still have a Wii connected or to, like, you know, own a Wii, um, it did not do well in sales-wise. It's just, it, it's one of those things where, like, Virtual Console became a breeding ground for what we did and how we went about um, thinking about, like, the preservation and the access of games, and then, like, it carried on and evolved something beyond Nintendo and that like I, I think out of all of Nintendo's achievements 
like be it like you know the resurgence of motion control gameplay be it like what they're doing right now with the switch and the, like the hybrid portability and uh, and at home play uh, and all the other weird shit that they've done amiibos like everything that they've done they don't get the credit that they should for the shop channel and yeah i don't know i think it and the reason being is i think it's because like whatever ambitions they went into it uh they there was no follow through so yeah. It's I don't know. I, I kind of wanted to end off really just punctuating the, the importance, but I also really want to talk about some recommendations from everyone. Um, And I've already thrown out a ton, but if like you absolutely like there's a couple of them Uh, on the NES uh, Euphoria is a must download because it was not released stateside. It had a planned release. And they actually used that like Sunsoft worked with the Nintendo for the virtual console release and the fact that like we got what was essentially a canceled game to some effect, uh, we were almost gonna get Mr. Gimmick, but Euphoria Ooh. didn't do as hot, which would have been incredible. Um, so close, so close indeed. Uh, but Euphoria is definitely a must own. It's a a really quaint Metroidvania type game, which you all know how we feel about those types of games here. But some it's of us really good. <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, uh, uh, other releases include Pulse Man. Uh, again, Sega Channel exclusive, uh, Sin and Punishment, and then as far as WiiWare titles, um, there's a lot of them, like BitBoy was really unique, and I enjoyed that. There's, there, the thing with WiiWare is there's so much, there's so much bullshit to dig through. I don't know, like, it is, if you were to see through, definitely grab Lost Winds, and also, um, the Dr. Mario Akita game, which, like, again... It, I mean, the closest one you can get, you can get Dr. Luigi on Wii U still readily available, and that's kind of an evolution of that. But there's there's tons of them. I mean, do you guys have also some recommendations of your own? Yeah, definitely. Um, the entire Bit Trip saga, there are six of them, and uh, those are excellent games that infuse... Bit Trip would be nothing without WiiWare. Oh, no, absolutely nothing. not. Yeah, and uh, like I've got the entire soundtrack to that game loaded up on my phone, and I listen to it all the time. Uh, Runner is definitely the standout. There's even a shoot 'em up called Bit Trip Fate. Uh, and every bit of these games plays to its soundtrack. Everything that happens adds to the music. And if you, you know, if you enjoy like old games like Pong or Infinite Runners, like uh, Runner sort of emulates, I mean, all six of these games are pretty much everything you, you'll want. And the sound is just amazing. Um, the Virtual Console was also where I got my early digs for TurboGrafx-16, uh, because even at the t- at the time, uh, finding and sourcing TurboGrafx-16 games was kind of difficult. Uh, nowadays, sure nowadays, it's even worse, and the prices have just completely fucking exploded on everything. I, if you anything, know? you can kind of blame Virtual Console for that, because while they were yeah. in this weird niche, like a weird like price market, Ever since Virtual Console kind of gave everybody that exposure and made everybody, it, it created demand. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, so like we're 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 in an environment now where the original Bomberman complete in box will set you back two hundred and sixty bucks on eBay, where the Japanese version is only ten dollars. Uh, so you know if you're looking to to play a lot of these games, like Crater Maze is on there. Crater Maze is one of my all time favorites. Uh, and it was only released in North America on the TurboGrafx sixteen. There is no Japanese alternative. Unless you're looking at the uh, the arcade version that was released recently on PS4, and it's not even really the same game. So, yeah, stuff like that. Um, Battle Load Runner is on there. That was a Japanese exclusive. Um, 
and a Dynastic lot of the neo hero oh Dynastic yeah hero which i mean you can get the japanese version i mean it, it's just it's just fucking wonder boy yeah but the fact that you can get that um and you can get the U.S. localization, which was only done as an exclusive mail-in offer mm-hmm. uh, through the Duo magazine. So that's also a ridiculously expensive game. Yeah, that, like five, like, six hundred dollars, and you know, you buy it for ten bucks, right, or less. Right. Yeah, yeah, the super bonk. I mean, mm. of which that's a SNES game, but like though, like still, I, I think people forget like SNES games are now fucking jumping in value. Yeah, you know, try buying a copy of Wild Guns. See what's up, right? <laughs> yeah, it's. And Wild Guns is available. It's on available. Consoles. Like it's like eight dollars. There, there so. are so many that you can purchase. And like, I think another thing too is Andrew only had a certain like degree of accessibility. But I think I don't know. We've kind of also made him spend a lot <laughs> to, like, over the years. <laughs> it is true, absolutely. Especially for like I consoles should, that I never I sh- owned, and, and that's the only way I could get those games was through the Virtual Console. Mm-hmm. I should cap my uh, recommendations off, though, with the Neo Geo stuff, because, yes. uh, again, the Neo Geo stuff is, we're talking, like, cartridges that are six or $7,000. So, like, for 10 bucks, you I can get a like $6,000 game. I don't want to downplay Neo Geo, because Neo Geo is amazing. I mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, and I, and I absolutely love it. But in terms of Virtual Console, SNK has been very, very good about making sure that they can, like, make their games available but elsewhere. now... But back yeah. then, I think now, that's the only way you but could. Back then. Like, I think you had to look at it from the perspective of like what was available at the time. Because I remember like something like Shock Troopers. Like to buy a, a mm. cart for Shock Troopers for like a cab or for the console, you know, it's one of the more pricier ones to get a hold of. So to get it for, you know, the price listed on the virtual console, that was an easier way of doing it. And that was back in and uh twenty ten or something like that. Well when they introduced the Neo Geo yeah. stuff. Uh, two thousand nine. I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. two thousand nine. Okay. Um, um, same for me. Like, ease, but yeah, like to get ease. Like, I never had Turbo Graphics, so that's the yeah. only way I could play that game at the time was to get that. So, and you're gonna have to spend a couple hundred dollars if you want the originals, mm-hmm. especially if you want that map. Yeah. So, oh, dude, I don't have that map. I do. But even like the Nintendo Grid. stuff, like, I got like, I got mine. From I have nothing. just have a copy of nothing. like Ocarina of Time on there or like, oh, to yeah. the past. Like it was just it was accessible. And I liked it because I think I, that's I, one I feel like thing. the accessibility of having it all on one designated console was like like high, kind of how the classics are now. Like it's that concept, but it was done to where the accessibility was based on how bad you wanted those games. It wasn't buying this little box that has an emulate on it for you and you can't find it anywhere. It was what's the library you want to build? What's the games you want as part of your collection? You decide. And that we don't have anything like that. Even to this day, we don't have anything like that. Honestly, with the accessibility that was offered here. And it, it's a bummer, too, because uh, the Nintendo 64 emulation that's done on virtual consoles, the best ever. I, wa- like, I, I, it, I was we- a little irked that you had to go get a component cable so you didn't get flashing screen the whole time you're trying to do it on regular AV hookups. And the fact that the Wii didn't have an HDMI you know, port was kind of fucking weird, too. Like like you had yeah, like you had but, to go buy like, a component cable to make those games work, or else you just couldn't even watch it on like a HD television. Like it wasn't possible. Yeah, yeah. the interlacing though when you do did when you did get it to uh-huh. work, like it they definitely optimized the sixty four. Like the Nintendo sixty four was always going to be this weird system. Of like how do we? It was in such a weird uh, chapter of technology. 
Um, uh, it's like a weird it's resolution. Like, it was like 360i uh, 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 or something bizarre. Crossroads, if you may. <laughs> yeah, like PlayStation games, like even the original PlayStation is like jagged as it can be. They've been worked over to where they've been carried over okay, and Sony's been on top of that. But like, like Saturn and Nintendo 64, they're their own little weird monsters. Um, but yeah, those are some. My life as a king is also great. Please pick that up. Um, do not pick up the After Years. You can get that somewhere else. Um, also, Blast Your Master remake. There's tons of remakes yeah. that like were there. Um, New Adventure Island. Uh, is mm-hmm. a WiiWare exclusive. That's incredible. Not not or Adventure Island Plus. I'm I'm not talking about the TurboGrafx 16 one. I'm talking about the actual WiiWare game. There's a ton of Hudson games that like got uh remasters or uh got new iterations. There's a new Busta Move that was there. Also, Konami released remakes of Contra, Castlevania, and Gradius in the Rebirth series, which we don't until then. You may never get these they talked about it that we might get these again but they were so good like this fix fucking castlevania adventures that bunk ass game boy game like it's the best way to play it um the the phoenix Wright trilogy until i i don't even know if that's on steam but you can like that's the way you can play it on tv like there's so there like it, it the well is so deep and like it's just weird that we have seven days to kind of like get in on it so yeah. anyway, those Box like ticking, please all of those, all of those just go for it. uh fucking also Ninja Gaiden Arcade, uh from the arcade selection definitely grab that up. I don't think I've seen that one really out there, uh very often. That was also a very iconic game. But anyway, episode end. Sure. I, 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 I have to transfer all my Wii shit to my Wii U now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really should get yeah, that. People done. need to do that soon. <laughs> So you just listened to episode 108 of Press Pause Radio, and uh, aside from some of the other stuff that we were talking about, we've got some new new reviews that are uh, hitting away again. We we're working on Yakuza 6. Uh, Moss will be out there shortly, as well as Florence and um, Secret of Mana, some other reviews, as well as Fear Effect Sedna. Um, and Sarah's also got some stuff going on with Bullet Heaven. Why don't you go ahead and go at it, Sarah? Yeah, we got Powerumi lined up as well as Staraden Binary Stars and, um, um, Danmaco Unlimited 3. Um, we are also getting ready to do some hardware reviews as well. We just finished building a handheld system. <laughs> Uh, which we're going to be going over uh, in a new video so, so coming soon. Was witness to some of the pains of that labor. <laughs> oh my God! No, it's uh, I. I definitely have interesting uh, comments to go towards that, uh, and of course, um, new live streams every single week. Uh, we're even ramping things up with more random play videos and single pixel hitbox installments, uh, just to uh, to give our viewers a little more throughout the week. Yeah, definitely. And also, and, I think that the Patreon, usually you're very uh, you're very good about updating and giving out that content through the Patreon as well, just as a uh, supporter of that. So I recommend everyone check that exactly, out, too, because yeah. you do get access yeah. and you get uh, insight into stuff that's going on before it's actually made public, which I think is really cool, too. So Absolutely. Yeah. Also, just to keep in mind, we, we've got, like, we're, we're trying to plan some more Limelight streams. It's just a, a matter of getting a good system going. 
uh, some other video content. Um, so I definitely want to go ahead and keep in mind, I think uh, definitely have, uh, I'm going to get together a stream for with all the Secret of Mana play. I really want to get a stream of Saiken Ditsetsu 3. Uh, I was able to get a translated copy of that. So um, definitely want to do that. But there's some more play plays, limelights, and uh, other uh, events that we have upcoming. And then also uh, the next episode, we're going to probably dive into some GDC impressions uh, as uh, Alyssa will be there uh, representing Gama Sutra, and we're going to kind of try to talk to her about it, uh, try to get a chance to do so uh, anyway, or at the very least kind of see what GDC has uh, ahead of us. We will not be there this year, but that's fine. I mean, there's always next year. And uh, Plus, at this point, man, like, I don't know. Sometimes, like, I don't know if we get the most... Uh, <laughs> hands-on coverage today. i i, like, I, I mean like, just I, from my experience of being a uh, observer of that it seems like everyone gets super wine drunk when they go to that thing so which is fun DC. in its own way for sure but yeah <laughs> but anyway um yeah man like uh, aside from that we've got we've got some other stuff down the way but we do thank you again for sitting down with us for episode 108 of Press Pause Radio. If you like what you've listened to, please, uh, by all means, leave us a review. Subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, as well as Stitcher and uh, SoundCloud. Also, you can... I, I, I think I've been talking about getting us on Spotify for a while. It's really fucking hard to get on Spotify still, mm, which yeah. is weird because they're becoming more and more open. But uh, that is uh, a goal that I've been looking into. And we're on dozens upon dozens of other podcast directories. Um, you can also find us on uh, Scatter Radio as well. I always keep forgetting we're on that. Um, but definitely go ahead and give us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get some exposure. Also, if you haven't already, um, follow us on Twitch and subscribe to us on our YouTube at the PPR Podcast. Uh, we are going to try to make it a point to also make more episodes available there, as well as also, as I mentioned, do more play plays. Uh, super plays and uh, other stuff. I might actually uh, go ahead and um, I'm thinking about doing like a solo, like a, a super play uh, that I've had been working on for a while of Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub-Zero just because the anniversary of that Fucking game is coming up. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, it's already uh, done. I've already recorded it. Oh no. So it's just a, a matter of me getting it up there. You, nice. it's, it's the weird games that they're so bad and you're good at that like, I don't yeah. know. I, I, it's weird what you what you become a savant at. But anyway, um, this is Georgie Boy's X, and I'm I'm probably gonna still have nightmares about a, a little Italian man's diddle, his diddle whacker, mm -hmm. his his peeny smash. Uh, toast here. Wait, uh, quick updates: peanut butter milk stout was pretty good, and I still think that the Mario Brothers have sex with their mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, this is the original Sare, uh thinking that he needs to modify his N64 to accept Japanese cartridges from, for some sin and punishment action. action. Um, and uh, the Mario Brothers Wang thing kind of disturbs me a little. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. wow.